What's going on, guys? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. This episode is being released on a Wednesday, November 1st, the very first day of November. Now, I must extend an apology at this time because this episode was supposed to have been released on the 28th. And uh, I'll give you my reasons as to why. Uh, I had a lot of work that I had to get done, and I had a lot of stuff that I needed to finish off. And I was trying to hurry up with the podcast as soon as possible, but I couldn't um, finish it off because of work and because of other things that happened throughout that particular nature. So when you listen to this episode, this episode, like I said, was supposed to have been released on Saturday. But there are certain things that we're talking about here. Obviously, we got to talk about Bound for Glory. And obviously, we got to talk about NWA Sam Hain, which, by the way, even though I mentioned the... Sam Hain or Sam Howe, whatever whatever they call the pay-per-view. We are going to give you the results of those of those matches at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Now, to kind of give you guys a, uh, an idea of what's going to happen in the next couple of days, because WWE Crown Jewel is coming on Saturday, November 4th. We are going to be really... We are, I'm sorry. We are going to be releasing an episode on November 3rd on a Friday which will happen right before Crown Jewel. And the episode will basically be focused on not just Halloween Havoc, uh, but also it'll be focused on Crown Jewel as well, along with other news that we have to add to and everything else like that. So I'm giving you guys a heads up about this and everything else like that. So uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and get right to the episode right here, right now. And keep in mind, guys, that there is going to be, uh, there's going to be a little bit more than what I have to say later on, on this episode of the Maybe Talk Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> just to give you an idea about exactly uh, what's happening here. So once again, I must say that this episode is happening uh, right now on November 1st, but this episode was scheduled to be released on a Saturday. But like I said, I've had a lot of work to do, and I had no way of finishing it off, so I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So with that being said, let's get right into the episode, and the main event will return with some more of the Main Event Talk podcast. Get ready for the most vicious pay-per-view in NWA history as we present Sowin, Saturday, October 28th at Temple Live in Cleveland, Ohio. Witness world champion in Cleveland's own EC3 versus Latimer. World Women's Champion Kenzie Page versus Ruby J. World Tag Team Champions Blood Force Trauma with Aaron Stevens versus Knox and Bernard. And many more as they compete in the showcase of brutality. Visit NWATX.com for tickets today. That's NWATIX.com. Or order live on pay-per-view via Fight.
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Uh, the main event is actually here in Laredo, Texas, but I'm going to be leaving for Corpus in just a moment. But I thought I'd go ahead and uh, get this out of the way. Today is Saturday. Uh, today is Saturday the 28th, you know? And, um, well, as this recording is taking place, the, the recording is actually happening on the 27th right now. But as you're hearing this episode, it's happening around the 28th. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up of what's going on. I am the main event player, the super seeking himself from the tours coming back at you. The God of God's King of Kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. We do got a great show for you. Bound for Glory was a tremendous event. Everything from the Impact Wrestling World Championship match to the Knockouts Championship matchup, everything was so good. Everything was so good, even the conclusion. And we're going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. At the conclusion of Bound for Glory was the announcement of the return of TNA Wrestling. And it's been a long, long time since I've said those words. And it's been a long time since we've heard those words. You're going to hear an exclusive. My main event thoughts on everything that happened at Bound for Glory at the conclusion and also uh, my thoughts on not only the origins of TNA Wrestling, but you also hear my thoughts of several people that had a big hand in TNA Wrestling from the start, from the finish, and uh, everything of that and much, much more. Plus, tonight is NWA Sam Hain. Well, okay, let me, let me try to put this in perspective here. Um, is it Sam Hain or is it Sam Han? I mean, that's what, you know... I. It's, it's, I think it's some Han, but I, I don't know. I mean, they've never been able to, you know, it, I almost seem, it almost seems funny that the NWA can say, um, you know, can talk about their pay-per-views, but can never mention the title of their own pay-per-view. So that's what's going to happen. So that's going to be happening tonight. Uh, this is the last episode for October until we get into November and everything else like that. So Sam Hain or Sam Han or whatever the fuck it's called is going to be the event that we're going to talk about. NWA World Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as EC3 will be defending it against Tom Latimer with his lovely wife, Camille, who was also the former longest reigning NWA Women's World Champion. She's going to be over there as well. Of course, there's several other event, uh, other matches that are going to be happening on that same event, which we will talk about. And not only that, we're also going to be talking about... Have you heard that noise? My apologies. <laughs> I'm going through a little bit right now, but it's okay. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Crown Jewels. Several matches have already been announced. We're going to be talking about that as well. Of course, WWE Survivor Series is going to be coming up. Uh, several big announcements in regards to the WWE. And also, of course, um, let's see, we've talked about Crown Jewel. Uh, full gear will be happening as well. Several new matches are going to be happening. We know that a match over a collision is going to be taking place featuring the AEW World Headway Champion, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF defending his championship against the former longest reigning champion in Kenny Omega. That's going to be interesting to check out and everything. So, oh, and plus, um, Sting's, Sting received his gift. <laughs> yeah, his gift. 
uh, you'll know what that is and everything on this episode of the May Event Talk podcast. We've got a lot to cover and everything, and we're going to start at the very beginning of the show uh, right now, and we're going to talk about my little road trip back here in Laredo, Texas, in the uh, same building, by the way, and not in the, uh, not in the well, different room, because my last room was down floor, now I'm up three more floors up, so you know how the shit rolls. So let's begin with a little bit of music, and then I'll talk about my little venture. Let's begin, shall we?
if you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, so before we begin this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, uh, obviously I forgot to mention the uh, one part that just happened. If you were listening to the very beginning of the episode, you heard, you heard the beginning, you heard what took place, that is what happened right after Bound for Glory was was over, uh, TNA Wrestling coming back. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I want to say about that, uh, but we'll talk about that later on in this episode. We've got a couple of exclusives that, uh, that involve that whole situation, and trust me when I tell you, um, I... I'm very excited about it. Uh, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions, a lot of stuff uh, about TNA wrestling that I want to go ahead and get out, and I'll get it out later on on this episode of the Maven Talk podcast. Okay, so the beginning of the show is taking place now. Even though this episode is being released on a Saturday, this episode is happening on a Friday. Let me explain why. So I'm recording this episode. I am not in Corpus Christi right now. Usually all my recordings would take place in Corpus Christi. But I figured, okay, let's go ahead and let's try to, you know, I've been doing some work lately, you know, for the kind of, well, work as in money-wise. I uh, had, a, had a little bit of a raise, you know, and I just uh, got it and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I was very happy with the outcome, and it was um, everything that I needed and more. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in the next few months with me, as far as you know, you know, my work and all that other stuff. Now, as far as the podcast goes, you know, as far as the podcast goes, um, I decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just record whatever I can and record it while I'm at this uh, at this location. So I'm staying in a place called the La, Quinta, the La Quinta Inn, right? It's over here, and I, I had been to several places here in Laredo before. Um, I was here about a couple of weeks ago, and then we were here. Uh, we're here today. I'm here with a different partner, which kind of, uh, it does kind of help out things, but it also kind of, you know, it's one of those elements where you, you miss doing the things that you want to do. Right, <laughs> and it's just incredible. So, when I came in, when I heard that I was going to coming back to Laredo, I wasn't sure if I was going to be with a partner or not. And the answer was yes, I was going to go with a partner. I ended up going with a certain, uh, certain one of the, one of my employees, you know. So we went ahead and did a job at uh, Essential. I think that's the, the first place we got that job done. And then we went ahead and finished off the job over in, um, uh, I think it's another one in Laredo that's 30 minutes away from Essential. So we got that done. So we stayed in a hotel, right? So we stayed at this exact same hotel. Well, it's his first time here for me. It's like this is the second time I've been here, except 
the first time I was downstairs, right, I had a bit of a, it, it was pretty good, you know, I had a little bit of a couch and the bed and all that other stuff, but now I'm upstairs on the third floor, and I'm just, uh, you know, checking out everything from above. So, I had decided that, um, you know, my, my time here, I was going to go ahead and try to go to a few places, I'm not going to be able to uh, drive the truck, you know, because it's <laughs> kind of one of those things where you want to drive the truck, you want to take it somewhere, you can't do it, no, you can't. <laughs> so, I ended up going to uh, a place that's just right across from the uh, hotel, it's a place called the International Office um, Sports Bar and Grill, right? And I've never been to this place, you know. Uh, I have been to several places before where, you know, I, it's hard to, well, there's, I know some people are going to tell me this, and I know some people are going to agree with this. There's a lot of other places that are way better than Richest Village for me. And um, my, my thought was, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> because, listen, all due respect, I know Richest Village is not exactly like the greatest place in the world, but it's still my spot. It's still, it's still a spot that I like going. It's still a spot that I like hanging out. You have to keep in mind, everyone has this tendency of making fun of whatever place you're at, and they want to make this place bigger than Richest Billiards, this place bigger than Richest Billiards, this place bigger than Richest Billiards. My, my thought is, look, you can make any place bigger than Richest Billiards, but if there's anybody behind the curtain that will say that they think this place is better than Bridges Billiards, and I want to see that person support the place every way possible. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm one of those individuals that stick to Bridges Billiards. I'm one of those individuals that will get the word out to Bridges Billiards. There's a reason why I put these, uh, these cameos, these commercials that I put on my podcast to talk about Bridges Billiards. Listen, all due respect to all the places that I've been to, they're great places. Look, I, I think um, the office, the International Office Sports Bar and Grill is a great place. I like it. It was not uh, like everything that I would expect it to be. And I think it was because mostly because uh, I got there about maybe seven or eight o'clock, right? And it was, uh, it was kind of, it wasn't really a downer, you know, but it was, I think the only reason why I say that is because I feel like I was the only person there. There were several staff members that were there and uh, they had the Thursday night football game going, which was pretty good. And uh, I tried out their burger. Their burger was, uh, it was a traditional burger. I think it was like a, a regular, like a, a cheeseburger type with lettuce, tomato, and all that stuff. And I think it had like some uh, um, onions, uh, onion rings in there, which was, which was pretty good. And I like that. I like that in the burger and everything, especially. And I know Ridges, but especially Pinkies, will probably do something like that. Probably a little bit better. Well, I'm not saying it'll be better, but, you know, it's what it is. But um, it was a great place to go to. Uh, I was only there for a few moments until, you know, had myself a couple of beers there and uh, saw my bill wasn't as high as what I thought the bill would be, but it was okay. I, I dig that. It. it was a fantastic place to be at, and I'm hoping the next time I go there, I go there guns blazing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I chilled out at the hotel for a while, and I didn't, I had my laptop computer on me because, you know, even though it's easy to go ahead and, um, it's easy to go ahead and just watch TV and, you know, watch whatever shows you have and everything else like that, there's really no way to, you know, convert the things you do, especially when it comes to television. I mean, you know, when you watch 
when you watch PBS and you see Friends and Family Guy and all those other shows, I mean, that's fine. That's all the shows you want to do. So, you know, when I have my laptop computer on me or when I have my, my phone on me, I just go ahead and just watch it. I, the stuff I usually watch on YouTube or Tubi or Peacock because I got, I got Peacock on my phone. I got Peacock everywhere. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's one of those things where you got to, you know, improvise. You know, when TV doesn't work, then you go ahead and just watch, you know, whatever is available right now. You know, I mean, the hotel will not provide it for you, but you'll definitely have it in your disposal. So that's what I did. I went ahead and decided I was going to, you know, chill out at the hotel, uh, buy, buy a soda and a couple of stuff over there. Down, and it was good. You know, I, I needed that. I needed to go ahead and, you know, get something that I think I fell asleep right around maybe 10 o'clock. I had, I had the best, possibly the best night's sleep I've ever had. Because, you know, normally I would go to sleep maybe about 11 or 12 o'clock if I'm, if I'm excited. But since I already, you know, I ate, I had a few beers and everything, I went ahead. I'm surprised I didn't take a shot, which was nuts. <laughs> which was nuts for me because I, I usually never, I usually never, ever try to, you know, go having a beer without having a shot involved. But when there's food involved, well, you know how that shit goes. <coughs> but it was good. It was good. So, we're going to be leaving here in a few... It's about uh, the time that I'm looking at right now. It's almost 8 o'clock in the morning. And like I stated before, this you're, it, you're listening to this episode on a Saturday morning, right? But I'm recording this on a Friday morning, you know, because I wanted to, you know, go ahead and get out whatever I can. So, in about the next hour or so, I'm going to be leaving on the road. I've already, you know, told... Uh, told my partner to be ready at nine o'clock so that way we'll be able to take off as early as we can and when we're ready to go we're ready to go simple as that so um you know we like i said earlier we we did a job over one spot we did a job in another and right now i'm just here at the hotel just relaxing i got up this morning and i went ahead and got their um, got their breakfast uh, they had made some uh, bacon and eggs scrambled and all that stuff, and they had a side of uh, re- you know beans and everything. Very good, very good, and everything. And also, and this was cool. They had these wa- uh, these waffle irons, right? And one was you know shaped like a regular waffle, right? Just how it is. And then the other was just shaped like uh, a regular, you know, like the size of Texas, right? So I went ahead and I poured in this batter, right? I poured in this milk, put it right in, right? And then I just, you know, used the iron and twist it around and let it sit there for like, um, I think it was two minutes, three minutes and everything, which is pretty good, you know? I've, I've been used to making pancakes because I've, you know, I've done pancakes before, you know? I, I've actually cooked them. I've actually cooked like uh, strawberry pancakes before, you know? And it's pretty easy to do. Uh, I think I did chocolate chip pancakes a while back. You know, those were my best. I like those. Those were much, much better than what I had. But anyways, the waffles, you know, I flipped them over. It was set there for like two minutes and 30 seconds. They were done. I had them. Wow. They were pretty good. One was just like a regular waffle. And the other was uh, like it was shaped of the size of Texas. You know what I'm saying? Which is incredible. Which is great to have. So, you know, I went ahead and got me an orange juice, got, got back up to the hotel and just uh, watched a little bit of TV, you know, because I didn't want to let it go to waste. And 
decided that I was going to go ahead and do some recordings of the podcast, you know, because I've done several recordings in the past few days right after I did the last episode, and I've always, I've always done these recordings where, you know, if I've got something to say, I'm going to get it out there, and if there's something that we've got to talk about, we've got to talk about it, we've got to roll with it, and that's how it is. Okay, so uh, I think that's it for right now, guys, but uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit of something-something right now, but uh, we will talk a little bit more on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. As I get out, we're going to talk about NWA, well, okay, I'm going to call it Sam Hain from here on out. I'm not going to call it Sam Han or whatever, however, okay, the NWA, Billy Corgan, has been saying this the name of the show, but it's not really coming off the tongue because when you look at, because this is how it's spelled, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, it, you're automatic Sam Hain, Sam Hain, it sounds like Sam Hain, unless it's pronounced something different, it's Sam Hain, it's N-W-A Sam Hain, and, and, you know, and you know what just occurred to me? It just occurred to me that Halloween is coming up in the next couple of days, which, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to be um, right after, right around Halloween time, I'm going to be off for the next few days. So I'm going to be enjoying that stuff. But anyways, guys, I'm going to I'm going to handle some business real quick. And then when I get back, we're going to talk about NWA Sam Hain. We're going to talk about everything from the NWA World Heavyweight Championship match to the NWA World Women's Championship matchup tag team title match, which I heard a change has just taken place. And it was announced by Billy Corgan just a couple of days ago. So we'll talk about that on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. So we're going to take a brief pause and I'm going to come right back. And you just heard that little sound right there. Uh, <laughs> um, every, you know, when I first heard that sound, uh, I know it was something that um, that I had on the steel, but also it, it's something that uh, is extremely familiar, especially to anyone that's a huge fan of the Tony Gomez show. And as a matter of fact, as this episode is happening right now, uh, I know that uh, the Tony Gomez show is uh, is still happening, just to let everybody know. And also, I believe there's a new episode happening right there. So if you're a subscriber to the Tony Gomez show, follow it and follow it in every way possible. Uh, you'll love the show and everything. Oh, and speaking speaking of that, before I get to the NWA part, um, I gotta and I gotta go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, gotta give a big shout out to a good friend of mine who is, believe it or not, I, and I've tr- been figuring this out for a while. I'm not sure exactly what to expect of this, but I'm proud of where this is happening and everything. Now, I, I'm talking about my lo- uh, one of my uh, closest friends. Um, he is a part of, uh, he's been a part of Night Party Tribute to Deftones. He's been a part of the Periwinkle Massacre. He's been a part of every band that I've ever seen him play in, but I've always called him the best drummer on the planet. I'm talking about John Luna, who actually filled in, I think this is the case, and this kind of explains why he's been around, um, the members of El Nino. Now, just to kind of give you a brief history here. Now, El Nino, as we know, the singer is uh, Marcus Leal, who is also the singer for Shattered Sun and everything else like that. Also another good friend of mine as well. And he's also a Dallas Cowboy fan, so we can't forget that. <laughs> so, um, John Luna was there, and I thought, I thought he was there merely just to do photography work. 
you know, because John Luna has always done some fantastic work with several uh, people involved. You know, he's done photo uh, photography work for uh, several bands in Corpus. I know he did one for The Outrage. He did one for Knife Party Tribute to Deftones. He did one for The Southern Revival. He did one for several, several people along the way. And they've always come to him for the business every single time. And not only is he the best drummer on the planet, he is also the, one of the best photographers going today. Now... It's been crazy because I have seen him on tour with El Nino and I had wondered, okay, is he there just to do photography work? And and it turns out that he was the drummer. He was the drummer for El Nino for a while. So I guess he must have been getting some uh, much needed drumming time, which is incredible because this is, and, and let me tell you this, and, I, and I'll mention this right here, right now. I have always said to people that John Luna was definitely one of the best drummers going today. Definitely one of the best drummers. And this this pretty much proves my point. This pretty much proves... I, I know some people are going to be saying, oh, well, just because he's drumming with El Nino? Well, yeah. I mean, what 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 else what else more proof do you need? My God. You know, because I kept... Uh, I noticed a picture that he put out. That's him on the drums with the El Nino sign in front. It's like, wait a minute. And it did... And, you know, it occurred to me a few days ago that he was drumming, you know, and I'm like, you know, for someone that's out there on tour for the past, I mean, he was in North Carolina, he was in other places that, with El Nino, you know, New York City, um, for a guy who's been out there for photography, he's sure, he's sure there, like he's a rock star or something like that. And sure enough, he was drumming. He was drumming throughout this entire time. I had no idea. I thought he was just there to do some work for El Nino, to do some photography work for El Nino, and all this other stuff. I had no idea it was doing all that stuff. But I wanted to give a big shout out to him, and I wanted to tell him that I'm very proud of him for all the stuff he's been doing in the past few weeks. And um, we're hoping he comes back to Corpus real, real soon. And hopefully, if I get an opportunity, and you know him and him and Homestar, many people that have wanted to get on this show to find out about what's been happening, you know, so it's incredible. So big shout out to him. Congratulations go out to him and everything else like that, you know. Okay, now let's get into some stuff because I'm going to be leaving for the hotel in about the next few minutes. So I thought I'd go ahead and get some work done before I go ahead and go. All right. So let's talk about NWA Sam Hain or Sam Hun Hain or whatever the fuck is being pronounced. Unless they know how to pronounce his name correctly, that's not it. Uh, NWA Samhain is taking place uh, October 28th, which is today, over in Cleveland, Ohio. And so far, I believe it's uh, right close to Halloween. Halloween's going to be on the Tuesday and everything, so I know I have to work on a Tuesday, but I'm going to be off on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's going to be pretty good for, for that little stable right there. Okay, so there is a total of... 15 matches that are being announced and everything else like that. So let's look into all the matches that are going to be happening here. Now, so far, four matches have been announced that are going to take place over on the YouTube show, the pre-show, if you will. So get a chance to go over to YouTube and check out this event. Okay, so let's look into it. Six-man tag team matchup. Jordan Clearwater and the Country Gentleman to take on Zion... And the outrunners of Truth, uh, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd with Austin Idol in their corner. Of course, Austin Idol is going to be in their corner. Duh. Uh, loser leaves NWA match. This is interesting. Uh, 
Brady Pierce and Rush Freeman. I think I know which one of it is. It says here, Rondo Freeman will serve as a special guest referee. Oh, okay, okay. Rolando Friedman will serve as special guest referee. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I saw the Friedman name. It's like, wait a minute. How the hell are you going to wrestle and become a special guest referee? You can't do that. That's ridiculous. This is the stupidest booking I've ever heard. This is nuts here. So from the looks of it, it looks like... Um, I think I know who Rush Freeman and Rolando Freeman are. I think I know who they are. So there's a good chance. Obviously, either either the Freemans are going to go or uh, Brady Pierce is going to go. But we'll see how all this rolls. Four-way match to determine the number one contender for the NWA World Women's Championship. Samantha Starr, um, Missa Kate. Uh, Samantha Starr, Missa Kate, uh, Tiffany Neve. <coughs> <coughs> Tiffany Neves and Celeste. Uh, let's see. And, of course, we got Daisy Kill and Talo, uh, Talos to take on the Immortals of J.R. Kratos and o- Odison. I believe that's the name correctly, Odison. So those are the format. That's a... Uh... Oh, okay, I see. Tag team match for the NWA United States Championship. So that's what they're going to go for. Okay. So, so far, those are the matches that are going to happen during the pre-show hour. So that's probably going to happen right around 6 o'clock. And then the whole event will happen around 7 o'clock. So just to kind of get that out of the way. Okay, so let's look into some of the matches that are going to happen throughout the entire show of the Sam Hain event. Okay, so far, what we have here is... Matt Cardona will be in action against an opponent. What what the hell is up with Matt Cardona coming out in all of these other events so he can go ahead and wrestle somebody? Couldn't he just wrestle somebody? I mean, come on. Get it out of the way. Give me a fucking break. He's not really that special. I'm sorry. Yes, he's the king of the indies and the king of the death matches or whatever the fuck he is. But he's not that special. If he was special, he wouldn't be in the position he's in right now. People wonder why he can't get back into WWE. Anyways, uh, let's see. A Devil's Last Dance Ultimate Hardcore War. If Sal and Gang Gags team loses, they will be forever insured by Michael, by Mitchell. I'm sorry. And this consists of Judas. Max the Impaler, Alex Misery, and Magic Incorporated. Interesting. And they will take on with wait wait hold on hold on hold on. I'm sorry. There's more. Uh, Judas, Max the Impaler, Alex Misery, and Magic Incorporated. I believe. Okay. It says here, Cody James and Adamus with CJ and Father James Mitchell in their corner. And on the other side, you got Sal the Pal, Gags the Gimp, two stupid names that I would love to remove. Anyway, Sal the Pal, Gags the Gimp, Koa Laxamia, and Magnum Muscle. Uh, Dak... Draper and Mims with Callie Smelia. 
I don't know who's gonna win this match, but I I'm I'm unfortunately gonna go with the gag and the gimp, the you know Sal and the gimp, whatever the fuck it goes. Anyways, bearing uh burning Lake Brawl for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, uh Thrill Billy uh Thrill Silas Mason Mason, Thrill Billy himself. Taking on Chris Adonis. Um, let me see here. I hate to say this. I want Chris Adonis to win. But I think Thrill Billy is going to retain his championship. You almost see that coming. You know how this shit rolls. The Southern Six. It's, it's called a rock and roll tag team match. The Southern Six of Kerry Morton and Alex Taylor. With Ricky Morton in the corner. To take on... The headbangers of Thrash and of Thrash and Mosh, <laughs> which should be interesting here. Uh, you almost know that the Southern Six are going to win it. I mean, because number one, it's a rock and roll match. If this was a heavy metal match, I guarantee you, the headbangers would win. So we're going to go with the Southern Six in this one. Riddle Box Six Man Tag Riddle Box Riddle Box Six Man Tag Team Match going to consist of Violet J and the Brothers of Funstruction, to take on La Rebellion, and with Van, I believe, in Vampiro, and I believe, I think I read this correctly, but I may need to look into more information. I believe one of the members of the, of the Misfits is supposed to be there. Um, John Other? I think that, I think that's, because I remember the last name being Other. That's, that's what I remember. Um, <clears throat> anyways, next matchup here, a submission match. Jax Dane taking on Blake Bulletproof Troop with Chris Sullivan as Sil- Silvio as Executive Esquire. Everything, yada, yada, yada. Let's see, Blunt Force uh, Knights of the Round Table match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And this is the news that we heard earlier, so I want to go ahead and... <clears throat> Get this out of the way. Trevor Murdoch, I'm sorry, Blunt Force Trauma of Carnage and Damage with Aaron Stevens in their corner, Knox and Murdoch of Mike Knox and Murdoch. Now, from what I understand, that Aaron Stevens will not be at ringside. As a matter of fact, he's going to be banned from ringside because of the possible use of the of the iron claw or the iron fist whatever the fuck he's been using so we could see an even matchup right here um Billy Corgan made the announcement that he is well I think he's suspending him or or banning him from ringside so he's not going to be able to be involved in any way shape or form in this matchup so we could see new tag team champions but we'll see how that rolls this one I may look forward to checking out. It's going to be for the NWA Women's World Tag Team Championship. It's going to consist of Pretty Empowered taking on Natalia Morkovich and Taylor Rising. Personally, to me, I hope Taylor Rising and Natalia uh, Markova go ahead and win this match and become the new NWA Women's World Tag Team Champions. We actually need something that looks good and not something that's going to put me into sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, next matchup is a pillar-to-post match for the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. I really don't know what's up with that, but we'll have to look into it just a little bit more. 
Uh, Colby Carino to defend against Joe Alonzo. We'll see how that rose. Um, singles match for the NWA Women's World for the World Women's Championship. It's going to be Kenzie Page and Ruthie J. I believe that's you know, what's going to take place. And then, of course, in the main event, no limits match for the NWA for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. EC3 defending his championship against Tom Latimer with Camille in his corner. Those are the matches that are going to happen at the NWA Sam Hain event. Uh, I'm not sure exactly um, how this will work. I know that we're going to be watching the event over. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be watching the event over at my house and everything to see how everything rolls. And it uh, should be an incredible event. Love it. It's going to be great. There, I thought, and uh, at first, originally, I thought uh, I was going to be able to watch the Tyson Fury fight because I know that Tyson Fury is supposed to be fighting. But from what I understand, I think Tyson Fury is fighting on a Saturday, but it's going to take place over in, in us. it's in Saudi Arabia, but it's another part. I forgot what it, what it was. And uh, they're not, uh, Iran, 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 not Iran, but Iran or whatever that place is at. Well, anyways, I think that's going to be happening around the afternoon time, so we won't be able to, I mean, I'll be able to check out the event, obviously, because it's going to be on a Saturday, so it should be incredible to check out. So, with that being said, check out NWA, 70, uh, NWA Sam Hain, Sam Hans, whatever it's called, however it works, go ahead and check out the event, guys. Halloween is coming up, and you got to put your treats and tricks in for this event right here. And it's going to be it's going to be a tremendous event. I've been watching um, the NWA for quite a while and everything. I've had my offs and ons on it. I'm just glad that EC3 is a world champion and we don't have to deal with that fucking goof-off that looks like a damn world champion that doesn't even know how to represent the NWA the right way, if you know what I mean. You know? <coughs> there was some stuff. There was something that I want to bring up, and I want to go ahead and um, uh, I may play this in a moment <coughs> when I have the opportunity. So, Billy Corgan, who has been promoting his show in the past couple of weeks, we know that the CW is interested in promoting the NWA, which I cannot wait to check that out because it, it will be good to see some good wrestling on, on a Saturday night and everything. So, we're going to see how all that rolls out and everything. So, um, at this point in time right now, um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, uh, view, 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 sorry, I'd like to view you guys in on the Kurt Angle show. So Billy Corgan had some comments that he had to make, and one of them was involving Dave Meltzer. Now, you know, granted that I'm not the biggest fan of Dave Meltzer. I mean, I do, uh, I do uh, admire his intelligence for for professional wrestling. You know, he's he has a huge, huge knowledge of professional wrestling, wrestling. But like Billy Corgan, like Jim Cornette, like everybody else that has been following along with this whole stupid situation with Billy with. Uh, Dave Meltzer, you know we and we all agree upon this. I think you know five years. All of a sudden, he's it's gone to his head that he thinks he's the god of wrestling, and I think sometimes he is thinks he's the god of wrestling. Well, I'm someone that likes to go ahead and report on everything that's going on in professional wrestling to get the point out for everyone to listen to. Dave Meltzer is giving out reports that are either slandered or wrong or stupid, and it just makes it just makes everything confusing. And this is what happened with Billy Corgan. There were several lies and several things that he didn't report. And if memory serves me correctly, and Billy Corgan will tell you this, 
Dave Meltzer does have the connection to Billy Corgan. And if there was any information that Dave Meltzer needed to know about, go directly to the source. Go to Billy Corgan. He'll tell you. If he doesn't tell you, oh God, what the what the fuck to expect, you know? But anyways, let's see if we can, um, you know what, while I'm thinking about it. Perfect. I think I got it from here. Let me see if we can go ahead and play that that auto, if you will. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Let's see the let's see the Kurt Angle one. Perfect. We're gonna go ahead and play the video for you guys, so that way you'll see exactly what's happening right now. So no, 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 no. What am I doing? What am I doing? That's not what I wanted. Not the videos. The history. There we go. Go to the history, if you will, and look for it, please. Because I'd like to go ahead and play this play this for you, so that way you guys get an idea. Just looking through this stuff right now. How, how is it that... I, oh, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. There, there was something that I looked at, and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't put that there. I didn't put that there, you silly bastards. There's the full episode. There's a full episode of the Kurt Angle Show, which features Billy Corgan, and you know him talking about wrestling. It's about a minute thirty-seven. Uh, it's about an hour and thirty-seven minutes. So get a chance to check out the show, guys. It's pretty incredible. He even revealed some stuff about Paul Heyman, and I had no idea. I had no idea it was good friends with Paul Heyman. Found that to be extremely interesting. Okay, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Right now, we're just going through a little commercial right now. I'm going to wait till this ad is over. Okay, let's hear, let's hear its comments right here, right now. And I want to talk a little bit about Dave Meltzer. He recently responded uh, to you on, so- on something, and uh, I want to know what you think of Dave and uh, his impact on pro wrestling. Let me start here. Uh, and I haven't said anything about this. I have no personal problem with Dave Meltzer. None. In fact, a lot of what I learned about the behind-the-scenes workings of the professional wrestling business, and let's call it uh, the deeper fandom that follows everything, I call it the wrestling bubble, you know, the smart mark crowd. I learned a lot of that from being a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer. Dave was fully aware that I was a subscriber and at different times we kind of ran into each other including I think once at Cauliflower Alley so there was no but I'd occasionally see and you can imagine me you know 15 years ago reading the Wrestling Observer and he would report something about me but he knew where to find me so I would be like and I'd reach out to him and say why don't you just call me once for example this is before I went to TNA. There was a rumor that I was going to be the big money investor that was going to come in and save TNA when Dixie was having some money problem. Dave Meltzer wrote in there, Billy Corgan doesn't have the resources or the finances to take over TNA. Okay. Number one, wrong. Number two, he didn't ask me. Let me stop right there. When I heard that, my first thought was, Dave, 
you do realize this is the dude from Smashing Pumpkins, okay? You realize he has a few smash hits that you still hear on the radio today. He doesn't have the funds. Give me a fucking break. Number three, where did he get his information from? Not from you. Not from me. And I wrote him and I said, remember, I have no hostility against the guy. I said, Dave, why the F don't you just ask me? And by the way, I might have tweeted even because I was mad. But I said, why don't you just ask me? And by the way, you're wrong. You're wrong. I have a lot more money than you think I do. Because Dave doesn't know anything about the music business. Here's a fun fact about me. I own all my songs. In the music business, if you own your songs, you're worth a lot more than if you don't own your songs. I I, I was lucky and I had a great lawyer when I was young who said, you need to own your songs. I didn't know what that meant. She protected me at that time. And my, my value in the world has everything to do with me owning my song catalog. And if anybody saw like last year's Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, there's one of my songs. Right. Anybody saw the new Dracula movie coming out? There's one of my songs. If anybody saw the rock movie where it was like against a, a King Kong type thing, there's one of my songs. Well, then you get paid on all that stuff. Okay, so it, moving on. So I knew from personal experience that Dave would routinely report things as fact that he would not fact check me on. When I entered the professional wrestling business, that trend continued. So I watched repeatedly, and I would email Dave at different times and say, why don't you just ask me? At least have me say, no comment, you're wrong, or here's the truth. So now when I see, and I have to laugh, when I see Dave Meltzer, wrestling journalist in Sports Illustrated, I laugh because if you're a journalist, you check your sources. You don't rely on one marketer who calls you and trades gossip for you so you give them a five-star review. Mm. Now let's talk about the recent thing. Okay? Dave Meltzer has created a world where he's in heaven because AEW is his sort of spiritual embodiment of what he always told everyone that wrestling needed to be. Great. Dave Meltzer has very little interest in the NWA. You know who I know? Because he doesn't really cover it much. He sort of treats it as as a side thing. Okay. If I sound uh, hostile to the idea, of course I am because I'm in people. I'm running with my own money, the oldest wrestling brand in the world. I'm putting on pay-per-views. I'm trying to sell stuff. It would be helpful. Yes, of course. I'm being transparent. It would be helpful if somebody like Dave Meltzer gave it some level of respect. Now, if he doesn't like the product, cool, say it. But he's generally chosen not to cover what we're doing, I think because he doesn't really respect what I'm doing. That's okay, too. So let's just say that was that was all there is to it. Fine. You can't find me out there complaining about Dave Meltzer in public because he runs his business, I run mine. He doesn't owe me anything, and I don't owe him anything. But I said something the other day in an interview, and I was joking, okay? And if it, if it hurts, good. I, I refer to Tyrus not wanting to put on a five-star Meltzer jerk-off match. Now, stop for a second. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you. It means, in my mind, that when he sees a five-star match, 
that he likes with two guys from Japan or two guys from AEW, he jerks off to it. That's what it means. It's a joke. Yes, it's a joke. Off to the match because that happened. He's in wrestling heaven. Okay, if that's disrespectful or it's it's a little too stiff, okay, fine. No, what did he do? He fires back and he basically implies that I don't like high level workers. He quotes like well, not really high level this. workers when you think about he it. He even mentions Drew. Drew, I don't, what's his name in WWE? I can never remember. Uh, Drew, um, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. That's it. Yep. Buddy, I was at Drew's wedding. I can just girl talk. Can you? Yeah. Oh, sorry for the commercial. <clears throat> sorry for the commercial, guys. Hey, mama. Yeah. And who was I sitting next to? Seamus and Fit Finley. You telling me I don't appreciate a good Seamus and Drew Drew McIntyre slash Galloway match? You Are you a good kidding rest. me? What did I just say when we started this thing? I watched Kurt Angle go out and create magic in the ring. You think I don't appreciate a great twenty That's minute Kurt Angle match? I was right. drooling. It's like wrestling heaven. Yep, me too. And then he then he goes on to imply that I. I would be lucky to have anybody of anybody that on that list in my promotion. Of course I would. Who wouldn't want a great worker in their promotion? Yeah. By the way, I don't have a billion dollars. <laughs> so he made it personal. Now maybe he thought I was being personal. Okay, so he, he hits me back. But he, he, he makes up a fact that I didn't say. You know what I'm saying? And again, we're back to Dave Meltzer, wrestling journalist. Right. He's just making something up. So that's the problem. So here's the here's the finish on. I wrote something where I said, I'm not going to bow down to the god of wrestling criticism. I don't care. You can rate every NWA match with one star. You have bias. You, Dave Meltzer, you, you have told the world the wrestling that you like. Great. You may have decided that the NWA style is something for a, a history book from 40 years ago. Great. You may decide that what I'm doing with the the NWA isn't worthy. Great. I don't have any problem with that. Just don't make up stuff about me. If you're going to be called a wrestling journalist, be a wrestling journalist. By the way, Dave Meltzer has my email. He could email me. He doesn't email me. Not easy, right? Right on Twitter. Yeah, blast it to everyone. Do you know that this journalist, I don't know if you've heard this or not, Billy, the guy that you talked about at the beginning of the show, Kurt Angle, who this is named after. You know, he has never, he never gave Kurt Angle a five-star match. Have you heard that before? <laughs> never. Well, it's like the Grammys. I think the Grammys never gave the Beatles a Grammy Award. What does that tell you? Right. I mean, come on. He didn't wrestle in AEW, and he didn't wrestle in Japan enough, apparently. So, My response today, which was very measured, and I tried to be an adult, right, was to say, look, I'm not afraid of you. There's a lot of people who are afraid of you because they don't want to get, I'm not afraid you know, of the Meltzer or whatever. Bad press. Yeah. I've been at the public life for 35 years. I'm not afraid of Dave Meltzer. I'm not afraid of the writer from Rolling Stone. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm out here to represent the NWA, right? I love talking to you, but I'm here to promote my brand. Right? I want right. people to watch pay-per-views. So if you want to be a fair arbiter of the truth, great. If you want to be critical, no problem. But you want to play this like weird game where you're winning and everybody else is losing and you're the smart guy and 
Nobody else knows wrestling like you do. Wrestling historian, I'll give him that all day. The guy's knowledge of history is great. His opinion, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His, his opinion over time, and I think what's happened in the last five years has gone to his head, and the success of his brand, which is admirable, has gone to his head. He thinks he's the god who decides what is and isn't worthy. And you're, and you're bringing up him never giving Kurt a five-star match is a perfect example of that. Right. There are a lot of great workers in this business who are not the type of wrestler that Dave Meltzer jerks off to. Okay? Okay? I love it. That's totally fine. But let's go back to Jerry Blackwell and Adrian Adonis, guys who drew money. A lot of people that Dave Meltzer doesn't like draw money. Exactly. What is this business about? <clears throat> Drawing money? Drawing money. Right. Putting butts in seats. Exactly. Drawing money. You got it. And if he wants to criticize me for not drawing enough money, great. Go ahead. I wish I was drawing more money. I wish we were selling more stuff. Let's go out there. There's nothing yeah. to be afraid. I'm not a, a point is, is, I'm not afraid of this conversation. There's a frustration there with this guy who's anointed himself the Pope. And I don't mean the, the Pope from TNA and, and NWA. Somehow he's become the Pope. I don't get it. Let me stop right there, guys. I, it's a question. <clears throat> so you can understand the frustrations that Billy Corgan is going through. So let me kind of give you my analysis because I'm fixing to close everything up right here, right now. Okay, so let me give you my final analysis of this whole situation with Dave Meltzer. Okay, so I agree with everything that Billy Corgan's talking about. Now, now I'll, I will say this, and if Billy Corgan hears this, that's cool. If he doesn't hear it, that's, that's fine. But this is the thing. When the NWA first reemerged back in 2019, I was happy because this was the kind of wrestling we needed. This was the kind of wrestling that, you know, that I have grew up as a kid for a very long time. It was something that I followed. It's a trend that continues to bear. And I've never been able to stop watching this kind of wrestling. I continue to do the things I do because I can't, right? Then the pandemic hit and everything changed, right? Everything changed for what it was. There was really nothing anybody could do about it, right? So, things with the NWA since that time had kind of changed a little bit, right? Now, I know Dave Meltzer, <coughs> a wrestling journalist, as he would say, as he would say, I had um, looked into a lot of the things that Dave Meltzer has done. And let's be honest, let's all, all like we see it, we know Dave Meltzer is a huge fan of AEW. We all know that. We all know what he thinks of AEW. Okay? We all know that. And the thing is, look, I like AEW too. And I reported on here on my main event talk, talk podcast as well. But I'm not going to kiss its ass. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> the same with the WWE. I'm not going to kiss its ass, right? I'm just going to report it how I see it, tell you exactly if this is a five-star match or not, and then tell you, okay, this is what it is. 
Now, <clears throat> the thing is, I'm giving you a fair opinion as a fan. I'm giving you a fair opinion as a true wrestling fan. I'm not coming off as a mark, all right? Let's call it like I see it. I'm not coming off a mark. I'm not coming off as some sort of craze fan. There are certain there are certain wrestlers that I'm a huge fan of and everything, but I don't go that crazy, okay? But I don't try to, you know, kiss ass to everyone, right? I got to be fair with everybody. I got to be fair with the NWA. I got to be fair with Impact Wrestling. I got to be fair with the WWE. I got to be fair with everything they do, you know? That's the whole point of the situation. Now, if they have a problem with that, I'm sorry. Now, Billy Corgan, I have been critical of him because of his of his deal with, you know, what champions he makes as champions. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> sorry. He puts Tyrus as NWA world champion, right? He places him as their world champion. Now, I and other people have been critical about that individual because, let's just say, I'm not a fan, sorry, I'm not a fan of Tyrus. I don't think anybody else was a fan of Tyrus. If anything, I think Tyrus was a joke. I think Tyrus was a huge joke in NWA. And why they made him NWA World Heavyweight Champion a year ago you know, I don't know, you know. <coughs> See, my, my opinion about it is the fact that you go ahead and decide to place, or I'm sorry, the fact that Billy Corgan decides to place someone like a Tyrus as NWA World Heavyweight Champion is ridiculous and stupid to say the very least. Now, let me, hold on a second. This drinking an orange juice here. So, the thing is, one year ago I said that Tyrus was NWA, if Tyrus ever became World Heavyweight Champion, it would be awkward. And it became awkward. Now, Billy doesn't know that. Now, if Billy believes that he's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, he's the right champion for his company, okay. But there's going to be few people say 500 that will tell him that he's the right man for the job while over a thousand if not 10,000 if not more than that will tell you straight up Tyrus is not the man he's controversial and he doesn't look right as NWA world champion <clears throat> that's the truth now when EC3 became the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, that solved all his problems, and Billy Corgan <clears throat> came back at it. Now, Dave Meltzer, let's talk about Dave for a moment. Dave, who is also critical of the of NWA, doesn't follow NWA, he's a so-called wrestling journalist. He does a wrestling observer in a whole nine yards, and while someone like me, who's a wrestling fan, I'm not a journalist, I'm not a college graduate, of any kind, okay? But I am someone that follows the product. I follow wrestling no matter what, whether it's the WWE or AEW or NWA or Impact Wrestling, however it works. 
I give the audience what they need to hear. They want to hear wrestling? Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk NWA. Let's talk about New Japan. Let's talk about, you know, everything that we just mentioned. Now, to close this, because I have barely a little time left. If Dave Meltzer is going to come out here and play all these little lies and not talk about it, okay, that's cool. But there's a lot of people like Billy Corgan, Jim Cornette, <coughs> Billy Corgan, Jim Cornette, and other people in that particular nature that will look at Dave Meltzer and will ask the question, where the fuck are you getting your information from? And if you want to get your information, why don't you get it from the main source? Well, Dave Meltzer has proven, beyond the shadow of a doubt, he is a great wrestling journalist and he's just going to keep up with everything that goes on in AEW and the world and the whole nine yards. While someone like myself, who wants to continue to report wrestling as it is, and I want to report wrestling as it is, I don't want to do it for just the WWE and AEW. I've got to do it for everybody. Because there are pro wrestling fans, and then there's me, the real pro wrestling fan. And there are others like myself that keep up with everything that goes on in professional wrestling. So let me close, out, close it out with this. To Billy Corgan, I support the NWA. I like what you guys do. You can do a little bit better. You can. And I'm not asking you to fix it. But there are people that will tell you to please fix it and everything. And I'm sure Billy Corgan will do what he can for the NWA. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Jim Cornette says hi, by the way. You got to stop this, okay? You've got to stop this, okay? There's going to be a point, there's going to be a time where your time is up. And the name Meltzer will just ring the tongue off of everybody else and they'll be like, what the fuck? Seriously. So. <clears throat> I guess from here, we're going to see what happens, okay? Billy Corgan, keep doing what you're doing. And Dave Meltzer, you keep doing what you're doing. But remember, the wrestling fans, we're going to keep doing what we're doing too. Get ready for the most vicious pay-per-view in NWA history as we present Sowin, Saturday, October 28th at Temple Live in Cleveland, Ohio. Witness world champion at Cleveland's own EC3 versus Latimer. World Women's Champion Kenzie Page versus Ruby J. World Tag Team Champions Blood Force Trauma with Aaron Stevens versus Knox and Burnock. And many more as they compete in the showcase of brutality. Visit NWATX.com for tickets today. That's NWATIX.com. Or order live on pay-per-view via Fight. I only know what it does. It hurts.
What's going on, guys? Fermin Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And as you guys know, October is officially coming into play. September is done. We don't have to deal with summer anymore, at least not here in Texas anyway. And we're coming into the fall season, and we're getting ready for some football. And that means you guys will get an opportunity to come over to Rich's Billiards and go check out your favorite NFL teams as they compete against each other. Whether it's the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers or the New York City Jets or however it rolls. Whatever team you go for, you can head over to Rich's Billiards to go check out your favorite teams along with your friends, your family, and you can head over to drink some beer, shoot some pool, have yourself a good time and everything else like that. Hey, and why not go ahead and go down and check out Pinkies just down where the back area is. You can go there and have some pizza, have some hamburgers, have some wings, have some of the best wings that Pinkies has to offer, and I recommend it because the main event has had those wings, and they are perfect, just right, hot enough to melt your tongue, and you're going to want some more in any way possible. So head over to Pinkies right there, right where Rich's Village is at, and don't forget... Besides football, we have several big concert events happening. We also have several other big events that are going to be happening in the next few weeks coming into 2023. And, of course, Emo Night. You can never forget Emo Night when it comes to Rich's Billiards. So if you guys got nothing to do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday... The main event recommends you to head over to Rich's Billiards and get there as early as you can. Have yourself a beer. Have yourself a shot. Check out some of the live events that are going to be happening. You can take over the jukebox. Have a conversation with a friend. Hey, start a fight. Who knows? Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player, the Super C Kid. And I approve this message. Okay, so there's one thing that uh, the main event had forgot to mention on this particular episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And that was what happened this past week, this past Tuesday on NXT, where we had night one of Halloween Havoc. Now, night two is still to come. It's going to be happening right around Halloween. As a matter of fact, that's going to happen around Tuesday Halloween night, so we'll be able to uh, get a chance to review it because that's going to feature the rematch between Carmelo Hayes and Trick, uh, Trick Williams. Sorry, Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. That's going to be a pretty damn good matchup to check out. Uh, several things have happened in the Halloween Havoc event, which is pretty good. We had brand new tag team champions, which was Chase U which was uh, incredible to say the least because those guys have truly deserved to be tag team champions. And with all due respect, the family being tag team champions is good, but I think we needed something different. We needed something to change, and this was the perfect moment for Chase U to become tag team champions, despite the controversy behind it. And there's a little bit of controversy surrounding that whole deal and everything. Now, Roxanne Perez had a tremendous match against Kiana James, and all I can say is uh, I think Roxanne Perez is looking to become NXT Women's Champion in the future. I'm hoping it does happen. Well, she's been the champion before, but I'm hoping she becomes champion once again. 
the other matchup, which was the Lights Out match that featured Gigi Dolan and uh, who was the other one? Um, Blair Davenport. I had the strange feeling that Blair Davenport had was going to win this match, and it was uh, further evidence, you know, seeing the brutality, seeing the chairs and everything involved. It was incredible to say the very least. Gigi Dolan, I thought, was going to get this win, but Blair Davenport proved that you don't want to mess with a woman with uh, a lot of evil intentions, especially during the time of Halloween, if you know what I mean. Blair Davenport wins her matchup against Gigi Dolan. And then, let's see, there were uh, several other things that have happened. Uh, we know that the breakout tournament is already coming to its conclusion. Lola Vice had won her match. And um, I, I, I must apologize for not bringing up that. I think there was another woman that had won. Um, trying to remember who she is. But these two women will be competing in the breakout tournament finals that will happen this coming Tuesday at Halloween Havoc on Hallow's Eve. So it's going to be pretty interesting to check out. And then the big shock of the night was the main event for NXT's Halloween Havoc. Oh, by the way, a big shout out to the host of uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Scarlett Barbeau. Barbeau, I think that's right. But anyways, um, they were the ones that were hosting the show, right? And uh, they did a fantastic job, you know. You know, I think uh, I think a lot of people have been complimenting Shotzi on her Hellraiser deal. You know, uh, her her costume is Pinhead, right? Which was incredible. Loved it. Uh, and I think she, well, well uh, Scarlett is always she comes out looking beautiful every single time we see her. And, you know, sexiest woman alive. And I swear to God, she's sable. I I swear. But that's just my opinion, though. But anyways, um, the main event, which featured the NXT Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, and uh, Laya Valkyria. This was one of the best women's matches I've seen in a long time. And I think both women have proven, both Irish women have proven that they can go. And they've known each other for many, many years. The only big difference is, is that Becky Lynch, of course, is the man. She has won every single prestigious championship going. She has done everything in her power to be in the main event. And she has proven time in and time out that she is the man. And this was no exception. However, on this particular night, especially on night one of Halloween Havoc, this was a night that a lot of people would never forget. You talk about the Tag Team Championships, the NXT Tag Team Championship, being switched hands this one switched hands as well we have a new nxt women's champion and her name is laia valkyria and it was impressive and i'll tell you this brings me back to several months back where she had a matchup against tiffany stratton right she had a matchup against her and i think in many people's minds tiffany stratton was the one that was going to win it because of the fan favoritism, you can tell. But I think Laya Valkyria, to me, I think is deserving more of the championship than Tiffany Stratton. So that particular night, it was Tiffany Stratton who became the champion. 
And there was going to be a point and there was going to be a time where a rematch between these two was inevitable. And I think it may happen very, very sooner than you think. Okay, now we know that Halloween Havoc Night 1 is uh, done and off the books. But there is going to be some more Halloween Havoc uh, coming up this Halloween, as a matter of fact. So, if we can go ahead and just look into this, please, so that way you guys will get an idea as to what's going to happen at Halloween Havoc. So, let's see. Here we go. All right. So, let's see if we can look at the matches that are going to happen. Okay, so we've already got the first one out of the way. So there is about seven matches that are going to be happening this coming Halloween on Tuesday. So to give you guys an idea as to what's going to happen, the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament match is going to take place. It's going to be Kalani Jordan going up against uh, Lola Vice with Electra Lopez in her corner. Singles match, Mr. Stone to take on Braun Breaker. In a spin-the-wheel, make-the-deal, tables, ladders, and scares match, oh my, the Creed Brothers are going to take on Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Singles match for the NXT North American Championship, Dirty Dom will take on Nathan Frazier. And I believe this was just announced. Tag match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match will happen at Halloween Havoc. Chelsea Green and Piper Nivet to take on Chase University. That, that's a bit interesting right there. Thea Hale and JC Jane with Andre Chase and Duke Cuts in their corner. Uh... I know I have a lot of thought to this and everything, but I'll give you my predictions when I can. Tiffany Stratton to go one-on-one -on -one against Fallon Henley. And then, of course, in the main event, singles match for the NXT Championship. This will be a rematch. from This will be the third encounter, I believe. The first time, it's going to be Ilya Dragunov taking on Carmelo Hayes. The first time they went at it at the Great American Bash. The second time they went at it at uh, No Mercy, which was just a few weeks ago. And now here we are in the rematch at Halloween Havoc. What will happen? Who, Who's going to basically win in this matchup? It's kind of a toss and turby type situation. So we shall see how all that happens. Halloween Havoc Night 2 is scheduled to happen live this Tuesday on the USA Network. Check your local listings for it. Should be an incredible, uh, should be an incredible event happening on Halloween night. Okay, now believe it or not, that was the last recording that I did right there. Um, just as I was about to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> finish off the rest. Now, just kind of give you a, a little idea about what's about to happen. We're going to still talk about uh, Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, which we will talk about in just a moment. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about. Um, Crown Jewel, and several of the events that are going to be happening in November. Now, the recording that you just heard, all of that that you just heard a moment ago, all of that took place around, uh, some was recorded on the 27th, and then we had some that were recording on the 28th, and 
you know, as I stated before, I was hoping to try to finish it off as quickly as possible, but I had a lot of things that were uh, distracting me, some of it involving work, you know, and everything else like that, and, you know, money has to be made, and you have to do it in every way possible, and I'm, I've gone through some changes um, within the past few weeks, as you know, so I want to try and do as best I can to finish off my podcast. I was going to try and release this on Halloween, but as always... Um, you know, I had to, I had to work, I had to do something, and uh, I had some things I had to go do. We had some cold weather that happened here in Corpus Christi, so um, I couldn't be able to get the job done here. So to kind of give you an idea of what's going to happen, I'm going to talk about Bound for Glory in a moment. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened in Bound for Glory. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the emergence of TNA Wrestling which you will hear on this episode of the Maybe Talk podcast, because I had, I had some more recordings that I had to put out and everything. Now, uh, to kind of give you guys an idea, we're going to talk about Bound for Glory in just a moment, and then after that, we're going to talk a little bit more about the TNA thing, right? And then at the end of the show, we're going to give you the results of Sam Hain that happened from this past Saturday, right? NWA Sam Hain that happened... This past Saturday night, which I saw some, and then there were some that I didn't get a chance to look at, and every way possible we'll look into it. But right now, let's get into Bound for Glory. Let's get into what took place uh, about, I believe it was last week, that we saw this event. And to kind of give you an idea, we're going to go from the show up and down. Of course, there was a there was a Hall of Fame induction ceremony that happened, um, the inductees that happened. Uh, the first was Tracy Brooks, who was inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, and Mike Tanay and the late great Don West, who were also inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, saw the speeches. It was incredible to see Mike Tanay. My God, Mike, T- Mike Tanay looks fantastic. He looks great. I, he, he almost looked the same that he was when he came into WCW many, many years ago. And I always felt that he was one of the main broadcasters that I felt, you know... <clears throat> Mike Tanay to me is in the level of, of a, um, who is it, Mauro Ronaldo, uh, Jr. Uh, uh, I was gonna say uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bob the Brain Heenan. I mean, just these great announcers that really had the distinct voice that really came out there. And the thing I like about Mike Tanay was. He was incredible for what he was. He had a real good knowledge of professional wrestling. He understood the heritage and the respect of professional wrestling. Now, I'll tell you this much right now. And judging by what I've heard in the Hall of Fame speech, I think Mike Tanay is in the same level as myself and Jim Cornette and others who I don't think Mike Tanay has any respect for the modern day wrestling happening now I think he may like certain wrestlers that I think bring something to the table as far as what traditional wrestling is supposed to be but other than that I think Mike Tanay uh, you know him being inducted in the Hall of Fame he deserves it uh, would he fit good in this modern day probably not uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't allow it and I don't think anybody else would allow it either you know so Big congratulations go out to Tracy Brooks and to Mike Tanay for being inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. If you have not seen the speeches and everything, 
Go to YouTube, look for the Bound for Glory Countdown show, and you'll see the 30 minutes of that entire Hall of Fame speech. It was incredible. It was awesome to listen to. And um, it was good seeing Tracy Brooks, and it was good seeing Mike Tanay. It was an incredible Hall of Fame. Okay, so let's get into what took place at the Bound for Glory event. Now, some of these matches I had a chance to see, and others I did not get a chance to see because of certain time restraints. Now, the first matchup was MK Ultra, uh, who defeated Deanna Perrazzo and Tasha Steeles for the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championships. Incredible. Chris Sabin going one on one against Kenta for the. Um, uh, Chris Sabin defeated Kenta for the X Division Championship. PCO defeated Moose, Rhino, and Steve Macklin in the Monsters Ball match. And holy crap. Uh, we saw it for a while. Me and a friend of mine named Roman. <coughs> we saw. Everything put together from cinder blocks to thumbtacks to kendo sticks, tables, you name it. You know how it goes. You know, it's incredible, say the very least. Um, tag team match for the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championship. Uh, the ABC of Chris Bay and um, I, uh, Ace Austin defeated the Rascals and became the new... Tag Team Champions. That's what happened there. Defeated uh, Zachary Wentz and Trey Miguel. I didn't get a chance to see this match, but I think some people have told me that this was a fantastic matchup. This is one of the matches I was looking forward to checking out. Will Ospreay defeated Mike Bailey and uh, via pinfall. The intergender call-your-shot gauntlet the winner of the matchup, uh, several people were involved in it, including a, an appearance by Sonny Kiss, who appeared in the in this gauntlet match. And um, I, I'm not the biggest Sonny Kiss fan, but I, I think in many ways it was kind of good that, well, that he, I, I was going to say she, but he shows up in this gauntlet match. There was this part where I saw, and I think I saw the highlights of this, where apparently we were going for one of those Dudley Boy moments where instead of Devon dropping in, in between somebody's legs, it was Sonny Kiss who was dropping in between someone's legs. Oh, Dudley. <laughs> oh, God. But anyways, the winner of the matchup was Jordan Grace. Um, she is going to call her shot, and she did. She's going to have an opportunity at the Knockouts Championship at the Hard to Kill event, which will happen on January 4th. We will talk about that event uh, later on on this episode of the May Event Talk podcast. Uh, Trinity defeated Mickey James. Fantastic match, by the way. A uh, few little missteps that happened, but uh, Trinity came out good. Retaining her championship against Mickey James to retain the Knockouts Championship. And then, of course, the main event, Alex Shelley going one-on-one against uh, Josh Alexander. I did see how the matchup went. It was incredible. 
to say the very least. I really thought, I really thought that Josh Alexander was really going to take that championship away from from uh, Alex Shelley. The reason why I say that is because I think I said this on the podcast um, where I felt like Alex Shelley was a great champion, but I still kind of see him as a tag team wrestler. But for him to go up against Josh Alexander, who, let's be honest, had never lost a championship to anybody, had, had was, re, uh, was stripped of the championship because he was injured, okay? He was injured. There was nothing anybody could do, right? So now he comes back, and now he gets an opportunity to go after the championship he never lost. And in this matchup with Alex Shelley and Alex Josh Alexander... It was everything you could expect. But the finish was what shocked me. It was because of all the times Josh Alexander had practically kicked out of every finisher. I've never seen him kick out of this one. There was I, I think there was a, a time where I think Alex Shelley hit um, his finisher, I think not once, not twice, but three times. Right? And Josh Alexander did not kick out of the last one. Right? So that would be it, and Alex Shelley would defeat Josh Alexander at the end of the match. Now, I'll say this. Where, where this is going, I think I think Josh Alexander, I mean, he truly, you know, he truly did the right move. I don't know how, you know, my reaction was I thought he would win the championship. But what happens if, if, if Alex Shelley did beat him? did beat him in the ring. What would, ha- what would happen? I never gave anybody an answer to that, but the answer pretty much came came to me during this matchup. So, did Josh Alexander deserve to lose? A little bit, but not a whole lot. But I think, I think Josh Alexander, to his credit, I think understood where the fan base lies, because right now, I think the fans are more behind Alex Shelley than ever. And if you think about it, both Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley are both going to play part in this next piece that I'm about to play for you in just a moment. Now, it was the end of Bound for Glory. Um, Alex Shelley retained his championship over Josh, Josh Alexander. The show was not over. The show was not over any means necessary because what happened next I know you guys heard it at the very beginning of the show well not at the actual beginning but you know the actual beginning that took place you know right as everything happens now just in case you didn't hear it here's a chance to listen to this very last part that happened at the end of Bound for Glory and then you'll hear my comments after that
can still hear it. People want to pretend that it went away, but we're reminded of it every day. All of you, you're my brothers, you're my sisters, and I feel it in my core. Professional wrestling is bleeding. There needs to be a change. This is that change. And to get there, we have to go back to where it all started. I look around and I know that if we had everything that we wanted, then that means we didn't want or dream big enough. They thought it had been written. They thought that the book was closed. Let's rewrite those kids. Replace them with our own words, with our own story. Sleep is the cousin of death, and we've been slept on for the last time. We are the kings and queens of our own stories. In this story, it's time for the next chapter. All I've ever wanted was to be here, a part of this, a part of something bigger than any one person. Now, I can't. I guess there's only one thing left to do. just heard it right there and it's going to take place 2024 will be the return of tna wrestling and it's all going to begin with hard to kill now so far we know that there's one match in particular that will happen and uh i believe it is official as of right now but when we get there it's going to happen it's going to be jordan grace to go one-on-one against trinity for the knockouts championship but keep in mind we're in november right now and we're getting closer and closer to the end of 2024 hard to kill will happen in january so who knows if trinity will still be champion and you know we could get a different opponent who knows point is that's going to happen tna wrestling is coming back and it's coming back stronger than ever and the main event is looking forward to seeing how all that goes down Now, with that being said, guys, when the main event returns, the main event has a little bit of a brief history of TNA Wrestling, Bound for Glory, oh, not Bound for Glory, TNA Wrestling, Global Force Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Anthem, and then we go back to TNA. I'll give you my thoughts on that, plus a main event talk exclusive. After Bound for Glory was off the air, Scott Demore had a lot of words he needed to say, including about the return of TNA Wrestling.
What's going on, guys? Fermer Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And as you guys know, October is officially coming into play. September is done. We don't have to deal with summer anymore, at least not here in Texas anyway. And we're coming into the fall season, and we're getting ready for some football. And that means you guys will get an opportunity to come over to Rich's Billiards and go check out your favorite NFL teams as they compete against each other, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers or the New York City Jets or however it rolls. Whatever team you go for, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and go check out your favorite teams along with your friends, your family, and you can head over to drink some beer, shoot some pool, have yourself a good time and everything else like that. Hey, and why not go ahead and go down and check out Pinkies just down where the back area is. You can go there and have some pizza, have some hamburgers, have some wings, have some of the best wings that Pinkies has to offer. And I recommend it because the main event has had those wings and they are perfect, just right, hot enough to melt your tongue and you're gonna want some more in any way possible. So head over to Pinkies right there, right where Rich's Village is at. And don't forget, besides football, we have several big concert events happening. We also have several other big events that are going to be happening in the next few weeks coming into 2023. And of course, Emo Night. You can never forget Emo Night when it comes to Rich's Billiard. So, if you guys got nothing to do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday... The main event recommends you to head over to Rich's Billiards and get there as early as you can. Have yourself a beer. Have yourself a shot. Check out some of the live events that are going to be happening. You can take over the jukebox. Have a conversation with a friend. Hey, start a fight. Who knows? Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player, the Super C Kid. And I approve this message. Okay, guys, let's get right into it. Now, as we talked about earlier, uh, Bound for Glory had took place uh, right around October 21st. And then after the show was over, it was revealed that TNA Wrestling would come back. And it was something that a lot of the fans and I are looking forward to checking out. Now, there's a bit of a brief history of what I think about TNA Wrestling. So with that being said, let's get into it. Let's get into my thoughts on everything that took place right after Mountain for Glory was off the air and when it was revealed that TNA Wrestling would come back. I'll give you my thoughts on TNA, when I first started watching TNA, when I stopped watching TNA, and when Impact Wrestling came in and Global Force Wrestling and the whole nine yards, and you know where all that goes. So that being said, let's get right into the back room and check it out for ourselves. So there's a lot of people that um, want to know my thoughts about uh, TNA Wrestling coming back. Which, um, uh, number one, I, I am very happy that TNA Wrestling is coming back. And plus, it's, it's really nice and refreshing to say the the name TNA Wrestling because it, it's been something that you know I've you know I've always remembered the company to be. So watching the end of Bound for Glory, I knew I knew there would be something at the end after Bound for Glory, right? Because I was watching the event 
and I looked at it for what it was, and it was good, good. All the matches that I saw were pretty good. There were a couple of matches that I did not get a chance to see, but I would have loved to have looked at them if I had the opportunity. So, at the end of the match between um, Alex Shelley and Josh Alexander, which I thought was an incredible match to check out. I thought it was fantastic to watch. The end of the night, um, usually we would go to the rolling credits and we would see the Impact Wrestling logo and the anthem, and then that would be it. That would be the the whole deal behind um, uh, the show, because that's how it would end. But then something happened, something occurred, and I think you heard this right at the beginning of the show, where all of a sudden there's this video that's being shown, and it's showing, uh, looks like what it is, a forest of some kind. Uh, there's visual aids of, of the current Impact Wrestling stars involved. And there was a lot of a lot of stuff that I thought was pretty good to look at, you know. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing all of the Impact Wrestling superstars uh, coming into play in this video. I saw Chris Sabin, I saw Alex Shelley, I saw Eddie Edwards, I saw uh, Alicia Edwards, I saw Jordan Grace, uh, Eric Young, and there were several familiar faces on there. And there was this one part where Frankie Kazarian is coming out and he's coming out of a lake. Uh, there was this one visual where he came out in a motorcycle and I believe that was him. So he comes in the lake, right? And he's coming out, merging from the lake, carrying a box. Now, we weren't sure the contents of the box. We were wondering about what it is. I was wondering about what it is as well. So <clears throat> they sat back. They were all surrounding this, this box and they were all were talking about how the name or, or, or you know, they were talking about some, some stuff around there that, you know, I can't really make, make out of what they actually said. But it was something of, of the lines of a name. Something needed to change. Something needed to change for Impact Wrestling. As soon as they go to the box and about to open it, I saw the TNA logo on there. And that was something I have not seen in a long, long time. All of a sudden, appeared to pass. It appeared the pass of Impact Wrestling. The pass that was known as TNA Wrestling. Now, to kind of give you a brief history, because um, there are some people that will give you all sorts of uh, malarkey. and <laughs> I, well, I hate saying the word malarkey, but that's kind of how it is. Uh, they would give you all sorts of stories about, you know, how oh, TNA was terrible and TNA was this, TNA was that. Long, long time ago. So, when I first started watching TNA Wrestling for the first time, uh, I would have to say it was around uh, 2004. And it was at the point where wrestling, where TNA Wrestling was in a show called FS, FSN Southwest, right? And it was a show that aired on Fridays and it would appear between 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Right, and I would start watching this show for the very first time. Right, I never knew about the show. I I heard about TNA wrestling, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was supposed to be like. And my thought was, this is another version of WCW. And I started seeing wrestlers like Jeff Jarrett and D'Lo Brown and others in that nature that appeared on this television screen. And then I kept hearing the name of AJ Styles, and I kept hearing the names of Christopher Daniels. I kept wondering who who these other individuals are and why am I watching this on the screen? 
So, <coughs> to kind of pause that part for a moment. In 2022 was the emergence of a company known as TNA Wrestling. Now, humorously, TNA Wrestling, obviously when you hear the name TNA in the very beginning of the context, obviously, and, I, and, and I'll call it like it is, and you know, just to give you guys a visual aid of it, sort of a visual aid of it, TNA would be in the mind of uh, someone like a Vince Russo, who I, I think was a little bit responsible for it. When you think of the letters TNA, you think of the, the obvious, but uh, just in case you don't know what it means, it means tits and ass. That's, that's, how, that's how, unfortunately, it was in his visual aid and the visual aid of others that saw it like that. But to others, and they tried to change it up, TNA Wrestling was known as Total Nonstop Action. Which I thought was a, a, a better fit in every way possible. But I've never seen uh, the Asylum years. I've, I wasn't there for uh, the beginning when Ken Shamrock won his first world title. I wasn't there when... Uh, well, I didn't see when R-Truth would become an NWA world champion. I wasn't there when the mergers of the two live or three live crew would be around or AJ Styles, or when Sting made his first appearance. There were a lot of things that happened between 2002 and 2004. Now, around that time, I, I never knew about... I knew about TNA Wrestling, but I never had a chance to look at it, and the only time I would ever hear anything about it is if it was on pay-per-view. And if you were to order it on pay-per-view, it would cost you around somewhere along the lines of $9.99, which is kind of a familiar price, if, if, you, if you understood it. I remember ordering one of those pay-per-views. So, in 2004, I think that was a time where I was watching TNA for the first time. They were already on the verge of signing uh, Jeff Hardy, who had left the WWF or WWE and was on the pursuit of being in a different company. Uh, I remember the very first TNA pay-per-view that I ordered from the company and I was watching an event called uh, I believe it was called not not bound for glory it was um, Victor victory road I believe that was the event uh, victory road had took place I believe it was either in December or in November I'm trying to remember trying to remember the dates as I go along here and at that time, I was watching a totally different brand of wrestling at the time as opposed to what the WWE was doing. Now, at the time, you have to remember, back in 2004, uh, wrestlers like John Cena, Randy Orton, and others in that particular nature were just coming up. They weren't big stars yet. Even though they were getting their names out there, it was, um, it was a much different product at the time. We were still in the ruthless aggression era. You had stars like John Cena and Randy Orton around, but you also had stars like Rey Mysterio involved. Eddie Guerrero was involved. Chris Benoit. I believe Kurt Angle was still in the company at the time. There was a lot of stuff happening back at that time in WWE. While in TNA Wrestling, they were competing to go up against the WWE. And they did an extremely good job. There was a lot of noise being made in the company. you know, And TNA Wrestling... It was a new it was a new journey for me as a fan because 
for me, I was always a huge fan of watching a new promotion come up. But it, it was something that was much, much different than whatever product I was ever watching. Years ago, it was always about the WWF, the NWA slash WCW, and then the merchants of ECW would come along, and then there was Smoky Mountain Wrestling. There was a lot of wrestling out there that uh, some people at the time, uh, you couldn't watch any of these products unless you were surrounded by that local promotion around that time. WWE was pretty much all over the world. WCW and WA at the time was all over the world back then in the 80s and 90s. Now in the 2000s, you hardly watch anything wrestling unless it was WWE related. That's where TNA wrestling comes in. Now, like I said before, I never seen any of the older stuff that happened in 2002, 2004. But around that time in the middle of 2004 was when I was starting to watch this new product. It had all of these of all of these wrestlers that I've never seen before. Some that I've seen in WCW and some that I've seen back in the WWF days. These were wrestlers that were never given a shot, but were now given a different platform with this company. So around that time, you had stars like AJ Styles. You had stars like Christopher Daniels. Uh, Elix Skipper was around. I believe um, Raven, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were just coming into the company at the time. There were a lot of things that were different with the company. And all of a sudden, you would start seeing other names. Like, I think Diamond Dallas Page had made his appearance there. Uh, Sting wouldn't come until later on, right? Uh, and I think in 2005, which was an extremely important time, because around 2005, and let's... Let's remember the dates of how this went down. In 2004, 2005, Impact Wrestling, at the time, the show, TNA Wrestling Impact, was being shown on FS, FSN Southwest around that time, and then all of a sudden, Spike TV would be done with the WWE, and WWE would go back to its original network in USA, right? While Spike TV decides they're going to go ahead and take... Uh, acquire the rights to TNA Wrestling, which was a good move on their part. Because at that time in 2004, the company was starting to grow and it was starting to grow when it comes to the audience. It was starting to grow when it comes to the athleticism that these, that these athletes bring. They bring a whole, lot of, a, a whole lot of something new as opposed to what the WWE was presenting. Now, don't get me wrong. As a wrestling fan, you... You know, you can appreciate a company trying to rise up. This was basically what AEW should have been, in my personal view. Because these guys had brought something that was a little bit similar to what AEW brought into the table. The only difference was there wasn't a whole lot of comedy involved. Not too much. There was, but not a whole lot. They didn't have much of a women's division, but it was starting to build up. And AEW, to me... I always felt that there, there, there should have never been a women's division in the beginning. If they put a women's division together, it needs to happen in about another couple of years. If fans get upset about it, let them get upset about it. But you have to start slow. But AEW did not start slow. It started where it just needed to be. While some people will think, well, you know, they needed an AEW women's division. No, they didn't. They needed to get the men out of the way first. And then you can get the women out of the way in the following year. That's what should have happened. Now, in Impact Wrestling, or in TNA at the time, that's what how it happened. You had several valets involved. You had 
Tracy Brooks, who we know is now inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame, now known as the TNA Hall of Fame, which we'll get right to in a minute. And you had uh, Gail Kim, who was truly one of the founders of TNA Wrestling and really brought the women's division to a whole new level, right? And there were other women that were, that were coming up and that were starting to bring TNA Wrestling, women's wrestling anyway, to the new mark. You had Gail Kim, you had ODB, you had Awesome Kong, you had all those women that were coming, right, around that time. So, TNA Wrestling in 2004 was starting to come up with the network. 2005 was where things change, and all of a sudden Spike TV picks up on TNA Wrestling. You would see it on Thursday nights, and they would show a different product, almost competing next to SmackDown, Considering that the show is on Thursday night, right? And I think they switched over to Friday nights in 2005, if I'm not mistaken. I'm talking about the WWE. So, all of a sudden, all of these other pay-per-views would come up in, t- in TNA. You had uh, Victory Road. You had Turning Point. You had New Year's Resolution. Um, uh, against All Odds. You had all of these monthly pay-per-views that TNA Wrestling had. And these were some very, very good pay-per-views. I still have some of the DVDs that, uh, that I've had for a while. And these were the ones that I wanted to look at so much. I mean, it, brought, it brought some classic TNA wrestling from that era, from that point in time. And 2005 was rolling in and we were getting Christian Cage, who at the time, at the same time when Christian Cage had made his debut, was also the time when Eddie Guerrero passed away. I had remember ordering the pay-per-view. I remember seeing it. I had it recorded somewhere. And it was a different, 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 different time. It was such a different time because now you had Christian Cage involved. You had the Dudley Boys who were now known as Team 3D in uh, in wrestling. You, you had all of these different talents. Talents that you have seen in the WWE but now are making a huge name for themselves in Impact Wrestling or in TNA Wrestling at the time. So much was happening. Uh, 2006, all of a sudden, Sting would make his appearance. Uh, his first appearance since, uh, I think it was 2003, 2004. Sting would uh, supposedly announce his retirement, and then he would come back a few months later, and they would win their uh, NWA world title, right? And then all of a sudden, it's funny, uh, Sting would wear the big gold belt a long time ago, and then he would win the actual NWA World Heavyweight Championship, which I thought was cool. I thought it was extremely cool to see that. Um, then in 2006, Kurt Angle would make his appearance, and he would make a, an even bigger difference in the company. I remember Jim Cornette was also a part of TNA Wrestling when he was the authority figure, the direct, uh, the public face, I think I remember, of TNA Wrestling. He made a huge difference, too. To kind of fast forward all this, because I know I'm passing along a lot of information that some people may know or some people may not know. Between 2004 all the way down to 2009, TNA Wrestling had a lot of the greatest, a lot of the best matches, a lot of the best wrestlers. More people were talking about TNA Wrestling than the WWE. WWE was still a good product to watch. But there are times where TNA Wrestling was a lot better than WWE. Not a whole lot of people can give credit for that. But you have to remember, at that time, 
the WWE had gone through several different changes, several different new stars involved, and brought in some of the old stars to kind of keep up with everything that's going on. So it was such a different different time. It was such a different time. So 2010, I believe, was the time where I always felt this was the biggest mistake they've ever made. Because 2002 and 2004, in between that time, was mostly about Vince Russo and all of his stupid stuff. And I remember hearing stuff about the reviews from, like, the Brian and Vinny show and and hearing, you know, how awful the product was and how shit didn't make sense at the time. When I started watching TNA Wrestling in 2004, 2005, things were making sense. Things were coming up in the right direction. And even though even though you had someone like a Vince Russo running, sort of running the show, and you had Dusty Rhodes that was also there at the time, TNA Wrestling was getting, getting better and had some good matches, some good athleticisms, new new concepts like the ultimate x which i thought was one of the one of the greatest concepts that they've ever put together uh king of the mountain i always felt that that was something very very extremely special their biggest uh pay-per-views were always i always looked at it as slammiversary and bound for glory being their two biggest events and i've always felt that I think if I were to look at it from my perspective, I think Slammiversary would be considered their SummerSlam and Bound for Glory would be considered their WrestleMania, if we can analyze it like that. So 2010 was a year that I felt should have, ne- should have never have happened. And also it was something that I think was a, a big, 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 big mistake in the company's party. So there were several key players that were not involved in the whole situation, one of them being Jim Cornette. And at that time in 2010, we well, before, I think it was 2009 at the end of the year, we were hearing about the signing of Hulk Hogan being a part of TNA Wrestling. Now, before I get to that, before I get to that, one of the things that I loved around 2004, I think it was 2003 also when it happened, I'd never seen it, there was a press conference that happened. I think Jeff Jarrett was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion at the time. There was a lot of talk of Hulk Hogan showing up in TNA Wrestling. That he was going to appear in uh, TNA Wrestling. Now, let me kind of give you a little brief history so that way you guys can understand where this is going. In 2023, Hulk Hogan had made his appearance in the WWE. And he was wrestling Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 19. And I think after that whole deal and after that whole Mr. America gimmick... That was the last time we saw Hulk Hogan. So Hogan was wrestling. He was wrestling still in 2003, 2004, in between the times. Now, he came back, obviously, in 2005 because of the Hall of Fame, right? Now, that's the brief story on that. Now, in between those times that I was talking about, there were talks about Hulk Hogan showing up in TNA Wrestling. There were talks about him being signed with the company. And there was a sign where Jeff Jarrett wanted nothing to do with Hogan. I think it was a storyline of some kind. So there were brief episodes of TNA Wrestling where Jimmy Hart comes out and I guess was hoping for a Hulk Hogan appearance. A lot of people were hoping for a Hulk Hogan appearance, but it never happened. Jeff Jarrett comes over at a press conference and Hulk Hogan made some announcement where he was going to go after the NWA world title. He always wanted to, 
he always wanted to wear that prestigious championship, which was held onto by Jeff Jarrett at the time. And one of the things that I remember the most was Jeff Jarrett coming into the press conference and taking a guitar and smashing it over the head of Hulk Hogan around that time. And this made a lot of headline news as far as professional wrestling goes. And it, it was something that was talked about, not just in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it was talked about everywhere. And my thought was when I first saw that, and this was in a TNA wrestling program, my first thought was, oh my God, they did it. TNA wrestling did it. What did they do at the time? Keep in mind, I, I was thinking about this at a, I may have been 25, 26 when I was watching this or something like that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I remember this. But uh, at the time, when I saw Jeff Jarrett smash a guitar over Hulk Hogan's head, my thought was brilliant, awesome, badass. And I know some people are like, well, how can you possibly say that? I mean, aren't you a fan of Hulk Hogan? Yes, but I'm also a fan of seeing somebody take down the old guard. That's the bottom line here. You see, when Hogan got smashed in a guitar by Jeff Jarrett, and Hogan wants to come into this new promotion, this new promotion is bringing you new talent. This promotion is bringing you something much different. It's bringing you something that's not old and stale. Jeff Jarrett had tried almost everything in his power to keep Hulk Hogan away from TNA, which he succeeded, by the way. Which he succeeded because Hogan never made a TNA wrestling appearance in 2004. And if that were to have happened, I guarantee you, in my personal view, I guarantee you things in TNA wrestling back in 2004 would have been much different and TNA would probably have been revolved more around Hogan and Bischoff and all that stuff. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see Hogan in TNA wrestling. All due respect, if he was there just to bring talent up, okay, fine. But I didn't see it that way. I saw Hogan getting smashed in the face by Jeff Jarrett. And my thought was, we're not going with the old guard. We're going with the new stuff. We're going with the new talent. We're going to present a much different product than what the WWE has to offer. As far as TNA Wrestling and Jeff Jarrett goes, they're basically telling Hulk Hogan to go fuck yourselves. That's exactly how I saw it, and that's exactly how I visualized it. Now, this was back in 2004. Okay, Keep in mind, that's what I remember watching. All of a sudden, I think, what, seven or four, six years later, now all of a sudden we're in 2009, and all of a sudden we're hearing about the signing of Hulk Hogan which is a big deal, and I had this look on my face where while I was a bit skeptical of Hulk Hogan being there, I kept thinking back to 2004. I kept thinking back to Jeff Jarrett when he smashed a guitar over Hulk Hogan's head. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing now? What, what's, what's happening? And there was a lot of stuff that I had heard. Uh, I think I remember listening to something called Cornette's commentary, right? And it was my first exposure to um, the podcasting. You know, I, I, I didn't know what podcasting was until I saw it on YouTube. And Jim Cornette had basically laid out something that brought up the story about what happened when Jim Cornette got fired. And then all of a sudden they hired Hogan, they hired Bischoff, and they hired all these other people to be a part of TNA Wrestling. 
Now, you have to remember, at that time in 2004 and 2009, TNA was coming up and it was coming up in the right direction. You had all of these new stars that nobody had ever heard about, and you had some of the older stars that came from WWE and were trying to do everything in their power to help this company out. You even had some stars from WCW that wanted to help out and make sure that we get these new stars and you know get them to the get them to the promised land where people will be exposed to a whole new different genre as opposed to how the WWE is being presented. Now, we're in 2010, and all of a sudden, and I remember the date quite well, it was January 4th, or January 3rd, I think it was one of those dates, where Impact Wrestling, or TNA Wrestling Impact, for the first time, would have a three-hour show on uh, Spike TV, and they would go head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. So, and I remember the visual aid quite well. It was one side where you had... WWE that had a whole new outlook in wrestling. Uh, The PG era was already in effect. And you had Sheamus, who was their WWE champion at the time. I believe the world champion, uh, if I can remember correctly, was either... It was The Undertaker or Chris Jericho or somebody around there in 2010. It It was a much different time. I remember watching the beginning of... WWE's Raw, and I would see Shawn Michaels going face-to-face with Bret the Hitman Hart, which would be his first appearance since leaving the WWE at that time. In TNA Wrestling, you had um, several of these new stars coming in. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Hardy, who was in TNA Wrestling, came back to WWE, and then all of a sudden, he would reappear before everybody in TNA Wrestling for the first time. We would see some new new stars coming in in TNA Wrestling, but we would also see a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that happened. Hulk Hogan, who, in my opinion, if Hogan would have appeared in the show first, it would have been great. But also, I had saw both those shows. I remember seeing the replay of the show on a Thursday, Impact Wrestling. There were a lot of edits and a lot of things that I saw originally and then all of a sudden I would see something that would be edited which like wait a minute what happened to this part 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 people would notice stuff like that right and this was the mistake that I mean you have impact wrestling who is starting to well TNA wrestling who was starting to come up there was no need to compete with WWE there really was no need to do any of those things now during the time in 2010 all of these changes were happening because of Hogan. All of these changes were happening because of Bischoff. And let's also put the blame on Dixie Carter. Let's also put the blame on Dixie Carter as well. Because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like that was ridiculous. Um, I still saw the same individuals like AJ Styles and and Frankie Kazarian and Jay Lethal. There were all these wrestlers that were coming up and people were starting to like them. And then he had the old guard that's there like Ric Flair and Hogan and Bischoff and everybody involved. Yeah, the the return of the Nasty Boys. Why why was why was there a reason for the Nasty Boys to come back? Um, what about the the Scott Hall, Kevin Ash, and X Pac who all of a sudden appear in TNA Wrestling, who are now known as the Band? And then you had this idiot named Bubba the Love Sponge, who thinks he can know how to. He was a radio DJ, 
and he was responsible for what happened to Hulk Hogan years, years, years ago. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, a lot of stuff in TNA had changed at that time. They changed the ring, which I was, uh, uh, you know, the six-sided ring. I was much better with the six-sided ring than I was with the four-sided ring because the four-sided ring always showed me that your product is basically like what the WWE is. When you had a six-sided ring, it showed me, okay, this is basically a newer product, a newer edition. I, I think I like this one a little bit better because it shows it shows me that it's a new product. It's something I like. It's something I've seen in Mexico before because they originally had it. This was a different era, right? But at that time in 2010, they got rid of it, and it was a whole, a whole mess of things from here. And TNA Wrestling, even though there was certain messes and certain mistakes that they made and certain amount of money that was not supposed to be spent, and trust me, they spent a lot of money on, on talent that they should have never spent money on, and there were certain talents that should, they should have brought in to their company, I guess they wanted to sign whoever. But despite everything that they went through in the 2010s and 11s and 12s, they were getting better as a company. They were getting better as talents and they were starting to bring, you know, something that was once again, something that was a little bit different from the WWE. Now, even though WWE was still, you know, it was struggling itself at the time of 2010, they were becoming stale. But TNA Wrestling was also becoming stale as well. But they were trying to come up with a fresher product every single time. But sometimes everything that they did was something that the WWE had already did. For example... They all of a sudden started bringing in old WCW superstars that appeared in WWE, right? That's what WWE did a long time ago. They brought several of the WCW superstars and brought them to the WWE and thought they could make the difference, which they did. Now, in TNA Wrestling, when they started bringing former WCW guys, former WWF guys that were in TNA, this was like a whole thing that you saw back in the 90s, back in the Monday Nitro days. And then all of a sudden, they started bringing in ECW. They started bringing that whole concept over there, which was something I didn't mind. But it's like, you know what? We've already seen this in the WWE. Why, why is TNA Wrestling doing this shit when they should be focused on some of the newer talents? I don't mind Tommy Dreamers. I don't mind Bully Ray. I don't mind any of the guys that I saw in TNA Wrestling with in ECW, with all due respect. But I wanted a different product for TNA Wrestling. We're basically going backwards in this whole situation. Instead of moving forward, we go backwards. Now, I think it was 2012 or 13 was where things started changing up. It was a bit different, and I believe when Impact Wrestling became just that Impact Wrestling, I think that they were trying to do away with the TNA Wrestling name. And it was still, it was still being chanted by fans. The fans were still chanting TNA Wrestling all around, which I thought was fine. I was cool with it. I, I didn't care about what was going to happen as long as the fans were still into it, no matter what. So... To fast forward this, because we've talked a lot about what I've just talked about. In the 2000s, I think between 2013 to 15, I think everything with, I think everything with Impact Wrestling, they did away with the TNA name. 
Now, at the time, I, I think I didn't stop watching Impact Wrestling, but I wanted to know what was going on with the company because w- when you try to watch Impact Wrestling, it used to be on Spike TV, right? But then they got rid of it, right? I think it was maybe 2014, maybe 15, I think, when all of a sudden they were assigned to Destination America. I remember that network, but that also had Ring of Honor, which kind of was going back and forth and everything. And then I think 15 or 16 was where uh, there was no way to watch Impact Wrestling anymore because you have to pick up on whatever network that your cable company had. In, in, in other words, if you had certain amount of networks to see wrestling, that's no problem. But if there was one that's like, for example, I think they were in Pop TV a while back. They were in Pop TV I had Pop TV in my cable system, but there was no way for me to access it. And the only way I would access it is if I call my company or call my cable company and tell them I want to get Pop TV, but it would cost a certain amount of money, which I thought was ridiculous. And it's not like I didn't stop watching TNA wrestling. It's just that when you can't watch it on certain certain streaming, like if, if you see it on spec, well, at the time, it was still t- called Time Warner Cable. But if you couldn't see it on Spectrum or, or you know, you could see it on DirecTV, I don't know. Some some people would have access to watch those products. WWE, you can easily see it. You can easily see it. It's no problem. But Impact Wrestling was such a different time. Ring of Honor uh, was trying to come up also, which, I, you know, that was also something that I wanted to see as well. But Impact Wrestling just went through this crazy phase and it's crazy change so a lot of things were happening with impact wrestling it was being called impact wrestling tna wrestling was no more it was now shifting to uh, a corporation uh, known as anthem which was over in canada and i believe they bought out the rights to impact wrestling and i i think they had merged with gulf with uh, Global Force Wrestling, which at that time, Jeff Jarrett was running that promotion. And then I guess that promotion didn't do so well. And even though it merged with Impact Wrestling, now it, ha- I, you know, I was not there for all of that stuff, but I heard about it. And it merged and it became one company. And then all of a sudden, I think it was 18 or 19 where we did away with Global Force, and now all of a sudden we bring back Impact Wrestling, right? And that's how it was. So to fast forward to all this, because there's a, that's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm giving you guys. Um, the TNA Wrestling name was gone. It was gone. It was still out there, but it was gone. It was mostly called Impact Wrestling. That's all it was ever called. And in... Around the 2009-19s, WWE was going through a very bad time, and AEW was about to come up when they had All In, and then about a year later, they would come up with Double or Nothing in 2019, and they would come up with, um, I believe it was uh, Dynamite, and it would come up, and Impact Wrestling would not be the same at all. It would, stri- it would still be striving to survive. And most of the casual audience still likes to watch Impact Wrestling when they had the chance. 
Now, in the 2020s and, and beyond, there were times where Impact Wrestling was still being talked about. Some people were still watching it, and, and now all of a sudden it's under, um, it's under Access TV right, right uh, now, which you can also see New Japan Pro Wrestling television on there as well. So we, we were under the pandemic and everything else like that, but I don't want to talk about that because that's just a separate entity right there. But the point that I'm making is around that time, it was still called Impact Wrestling, but fans were still chanting for TNA Wrestling. Fans were still chanting for that name alone. I mean, there's not a, there's not any place I know people can chant for AEW. People chant for Ring of Honor. Some people still do chant for TNA. TNA wrestling all the time. So all of a sudden now, we have had Impact Wrestling for a long time. I have tried to keep up with several of the shows that happen with Impact Wrestling when it comes to Bound for Glory, when it comes to Slammiversary. And over the past few years, I have tried everything in my power on my podcast to not only get out what I need to get out for, for, the, for the casual wrestling fan, because let's, let's face it, all the wrestling fans care about mostly is something that's happening in WWE or something that's happened in AEW because those are the two big companies that are mer- that are pretty much running the wrestling company around us. You know, when you see how it is in 2023, the big talk has always been about WWE and AEW. The minor companies like Impact Wrestling and NWA Wrestling and Major League Wrestling and all of these other promotions, it's not that nobody cares about any of these other promotions. It's the fact that we don't get enough people to talk about any of these promotions. Now, TNA Wrestling has, well, Impact Wrestling, I'm sorry, was considered alive, dead, zombie, uh, back to life, not back to life, dead, killed, reborn, rebooted, redone, everything. Up until a couple of days ago. So all of a sudden, we see this emergence of TNA Wrestling coming back. Bringing the old logo. Now, does this mean that TNA Wrestling is going to be back to its prominence? We don't know. Now, Dave Meltzer can go ahead and say, oh, well, it's, it's, you're bringing the new name, but it's really going to be still the same show, still the same company. My thought is, you know what? Let me tell you something. When TNA Wrestling done away with the six-sided ring and brought back a traditional four-sided ring, it was much different. And even though I didn't mind a traditional four-sided ring, I still wanted the six-sided ring because it's what TNA Wrestling was all about. I wanted to see something like that because it makes the product look unique it makes the company look different to how everything is. I, I know some people, well, it doesn't make a fucking difference. Trust me. It makes more of a difference than you could possibly imagine. Now, for Impact Wrestling to go back to its original roots of TNA Wrestling is way better. Way better than I ever expected. Now, I don't think things will change yet. I mean, we're not... Because keep in mind... TNA Wrestling, the, the kick the kickoff to TNA Wrestling will happen in 2024, which I'm looking forward to checking out. TNA Wrestling's first pay-per-view will be hard to kill. And even though it's a, it's a 
Hard to Kill is based on Impact Wrestling, it is still a TNA Wrestling product. And I think when you think about this closely, the WWF has those three letters. AEW has those three letters. New Japan Pro Wrestling is just called New Japan. They, d- they don't really refer to it as NJPW. They've never really referred. They just call it New Japan Pro Wrestling. MLW is called MLW. The NWA is called the NWA. And it's going through its emergence and its, its uh, different talent as well. Impact Wrestling was called TNA Wrestling a long time ago. And for me, it's like if they choose to bring back TNA Wrestling and still keep the Impact Wrestling show, I'm all for it. I think TNA Wrestling will will make a difference. I don't know how big of a difference it will make in 2004, but the only thing that I'm hoping that we... Um, the only thing I'm hoping that will happen is that we bring back the six-sided ring in 2024. If TNA Wrestling is coming back, bring that back, but also bring something that reminds us of TNA Wrestling. Forget about, forget about the 2000, 2002 and 2004s. Around that time, that was an era where it was all stupid. I always felt like the, 2000, the 2004 in the middle, all the way down to 2009, were the better years. Those were the better years at the time because you had your Samoa Joes, you had your Kurt Angles, you had your AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. There was all of this new talent that was coming up. And, you, and then you brought in these newer talents that were coming in to try to help out the company like Kurt Angle and the Dudley Boys and others in that particular nature that helped out TNA Wrestling. Keep in mind now, there are a lot of wrestling fans out there that always strive to look for something different. They always do. WWE is coming up better than ever. It is still the best wrestling product going. And, and because, uh, obviously for several reasons, because Vince McMahon is no longer running creative. Triple H is in, in control of everything. And it's getting in the direction that it needs to go. And its audience is getting up and up and up and up every time. And it's only going to go up from here. AEW. A company that has been around since 2019, basically producing the same wrestlers, the same matches, the same ridiculous concepts that we have seen before. The only changes that I'm hoping that we will see in AEW is quit producing the same matches. Quit giving us these idiots. And Tony Khan needs to have somebody of an authority figure of some kind to help him out to get the product where it needs to go. Okay? You have to understand something. You're going to get a lot of criticism for AEW. WWE has always been criticized for a lot of things. But they managed to find a way to prove him back. All Tony Khan has done is respond back to a bunch of idiots and all he tells them is, come watch TNA, uh, come watch AEW Dynamite on TBS, Wednesday night, 8, 7 central, and all this other stuff. That's all this dude ever does. Tony Khan is almost... Tony Khan is almost like Dixie Carter. But Dixie didn't come off that annoying. You know what I mean? (laughs) Now, for Impact Wrestling, for now... For it to be TNA Wrestling. 
I'm very happy that TNA Wrestling is back. I'm very happy that the company is where it needs to be at right now. Now, there are some talents that are good in there. You have the likes of Mickey James, Trinity, Alex Shelley, Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards, uh, PCO, Steve Macklin, Moose. You have all of these enormous talents that are trying to make huge names for themselves and Impact Wrestling, now TNA Wrestling, that are going to continue to do the stuff that they do every single time. TNA is not going to be as big as AEW, but if they want to try to do a true emergence, if they want to really bring back, because let's face it, the biggest difference in AEW and the biggest difference in TNA Wrestling is at that time, TNA Wrestling had a few years to get whatever junk they had out of the way because it was being run by an incompetent fool. And the 2004s all the way down, as I said, those were the better years. Those were the better years of having guys like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and everybody that would elevate TNA Wrestling and would bring it to heights it's never been to before. And then he had Sting, Kurt Angle, uh, Christian Cage, and others that would help out the company that would get up there. AEW, right now, we're in 2000, 2019 all the way down to 2003, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Four years that this company has been around, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, and even though they got some big stars, and even though they fired their biggest star. Uh, my apologies for the recording right there. There was a part where... Um, uh, right when I was uh, talking about uh, CM Punk, all of a sudden uh, I got a phone call that came in. So, my apologies for that little uh, for that little error that took place. But I wanted to keep going about what I was saying. Uh, four years that Impact Wrestling, or I'm sorry, AEW has been around for a while, and they have not changed anything. They fired their biggest superstar. Uh, they brought in Adam Copeland, aka Edge, and they have been trying to, you know. They, try, they keep saying that they have a better product than the WWE. They keep saying they have better stuff and everything. But lately, lately, when you look at AEW, it is reminding me so much of Impact Wrestling around the 2012s and 2013s, where there was a time, I remember, where they used to, they used to love to fill arenas up a long time ago. TNA was really hot at the time. Now, all of a sudden, at that time, I think it was 2012, 2013, they, they're not doing as well as they should. And it was becoming more stellar to the point where we got to bring it to a smaller, a smaller arena just to fill the crowds up. And that's worked in their favor since. Now, TNA, now AEW, on the other hand, is already starting to lose its audience. Their, their ticket sales are not doing as well as they should. And they have basically produced... While, while you can go ahead and say that they have a better wrestling product, I, I mean, look, listen. To all of you people that want to go ahead and look at wrestling as an art form or a, gym, a gymnast or however you want to look at it, here's the thing. Most wrestling now that you see is, and I hate to, see, I hate to use this word, but it's an example. It's more fake than you can ever imagine. Like I, like I said, I hate using that word, but unfortunately it's true. It is more fake 
than you could possibly imagine because nothing is realistic. They can never put out a proper storyline. And even if they try, it has to make sense. And it doesn't make any sense at the time. Because while you have people like MJF and Adam Copeland and others in that particular nature that are trying to help TNA get it right back on track, people focus on people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and... um, uh, you know, I would say others of uh, around that time that all they give you is the same matches that you see all the time. You would see a six man match that would go out of control. You would see a tag match that would go out of control. You would see a stipulation match, which wait a minute. These two are feuding for the first time. Why are they getting a steel cage match when they when they haven't even had a match yet? There's a lot of these things that AEW is booking. And it's like, it makes you wonder, does, does Tony Khan know how to book? Or is Vince Russo running the fucking show? AEW is becoming like Dixie Carter. Nobody's looking at it that way yet. But give it about another year and see how all this rolls. Because listen, AEW needs to change itself. And it needs to change itself bad. TNA wrestling right now is changing for the better. Now, it's not, now to some people, well, that doesn't make a difference. It's still going to be the same product. You're right. It's probably going to be. Uh, it's probably going to be the same product. But what happens if they change in 2024? What happens if the crowds that were chanting TNA wrestling now start chanting it even more? And what happens if you hear that TNA wrestling chant over in Impact Wrestling? I got news for you. I have always been a supporter of professional wrestling. Now, I have always been a fan of TNA wrestling. I do like how the product is. I do like the stars involved. And I like how this company's being being brought up. It is a much different product than it once was years ago. I'm not saying it's going to be better than AEW. It's going to take some time. A lot of people have looked at it like this. People have said for a long time, Roman Reigns ain't going to change heel. They fucked his career up and everything else like that. And look what he's become. He became the tribal chief. He became the head of the table. He became the longest reigning, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion in the longest time. And you think that Roman Reigns' career was down when he was already coming up? He came up and he talked to the right people. The right people came along. They helped out. They fixed his career. And they put him, they strapped a rocket to his back and he's moving all the way up. That's exactly what happened with Roman Reigns. Now, I'm not saying that Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling, I'm sorry, is going to be like Roman Reigns. But just think about this for a moment. People have said Impact Wrestling is not going to do shit. TNA Wrestling is not going to do shit. It's just going to be the same bullshit that people have been watching over and over again. I got news for you. I've been a pro wrestling fan for a very long time. And TNA Wrestling, let me tell you something. I'm glad that the name change took place. Because I'm tired of calling it Impact Wrestling. Because when I think of Impact Wrestling, it's a fucking show. When I think of TNA Wrestling, it's a wrestling brand. That's what I want Impact Wrestling to still be. A wrestling brand. And the brand is TNA. Will I continue to support Impact Wrestling when it goes to TNA Wrestling? Yes, I will. 
Will there be a lot of fans clamoring for TNA wrestling? Yes, there will. Will it be a big difference in 2004? Possibly. So when we get to 2004, there will be a new era. The era of TNA. TNA wrestling has been around for a while. And then it was put away. And now they want to bring it back. For the sake of themselves, for the sake of the company, for the sake of the TNA wrestling fans, and for the sake of pro wrestling. You can call it a zombie promotion. You can call it a dead promotion. You can call it a come back your life, come back to life, back to dead promotion, however you want to call it. But one thing is for certain, you're going to call this company TNA. You're going to call it TNA Wrestling. And I hope that when TNA Wrestling begins in 2024... We're hoping that it's everything that we saw years ago. It will be a whole different era. It will be a whole different time. And the funny thing is, if Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling, I'm sorry, becomes much better than AEW in 2024, it'll be a sad day. It'll be a sad day if WWE competes with Impact Wrestling TNA wrestling and AEW would be considered number three or four. I know some people are going to tell me, well, it's it's number one in, in wrestling. And no, it's not. It's not number one in anything right now. Because AEW is a great promotion, but it's lacking leadership. It's lacking storytelling. It's lacking idea. It's lacking a lot. And if they don't fix their shit in 2024, what's going to happen in the next few years? WWE right now is at a better place and it's going to continue to get better. AEW, I wish it could be better. And I think a lot of other wrestling fans wish it could be better. But until Tony Khan sticks his head out of his own ass and tries to understand what the fuck's going on, he needs to be a boss and quit acting like a friend to all the wrestlers. Grow some balls, Tony, and do something with your promotion. I don't have to tell you anything about TNA Wrestling. All I'm hoping is TNA Wrestling gets good in 2024. I hope they make a lot of noise. And I hope they bring in some of the best talent. They always have brought in the best talent. The name speaks for itself from AJ Styles to Jeff Jarrett. Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, Sting, the Alpha Male, Monty Brown, Conan, R-Truth, PG James, and let's not forget the Knockouts division, like Gail Kim, Velvet Sky, Angelina Love, ODB, Awesome Kong, Mickey James, and the list goes on and on. And when you look at the current roster in TNA Wrestling, they're doing much better. They're not going to get to the mountaintop yet. But hopefully in 2024, Impact Wrestling will be called TNA Wrestling. 
and it will be brought to a whole new level that we are all anticipating to see. And I still remember the beginning and the end of the taglines. You know how when you watch the older Impact Wrestling and they would show something in the beginning where you hear the beginning part where it says, This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. You remember that? And then how did it end? It ended like this. This has been a presentation of TNA Wrestling. And I hope we see that. And remember the other taglines that they use? TNA Wrestling. Cross the line. All those. Those were something that we'll all cherish and remember. And in 2024, I hope Impact Wrestling slash TNA Wrestling gets back to professional wrestling. TNA. We're back. And we are not going anywhere. Okay, so that was the recording that took place about a couple of weeks ago. Actually, a couple of days ago, to be exact, because um, I think I, I'm not sure where I recorded that exactly. I think it was at my house, to be exact. And um, just to let everybody know, CM Punk did not show up at the Chicago Bound for Glory event. It would have been nice if that would have happened, but it didn't happen uh, the way it was supposed to. But uh, Bound for Glory came out the way it did. And TNA Wrestling is coming back in 2024, and we are all looking forward to checking that out and more. Now, it's not over yet, guys. We've got a little bit more stuff we've got to talk about before we end the show. But before I leave this part of the section, I talked about a main event talk exclusive. There's more. Now, after TNA Wrestling, uh, after Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory was finished, And then after it was revealed that TNA Wrestling would return in 2024, Scott Demore had a lot of things he wanted to say around a crowd over in Chicago. And it was one of the most emotional promos I've ever heard. And I am, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing what TNA Wrestling is going to bring. Going to bring in 2024. It's going to be interesting. So... With that being said, this is a Main Event Talk exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Scott Demore talks about the return of TNA right after Bound for Glory. left and when we came back here when I came back here six years ago my heart was crushed to see that the company that was built by men like Jerry Jarrett by men like Jeff Jarrett women like Dixie Carter people like Kurt Angle people like Sting had been abandoned but you people never let it go no matter- 
around the world, those chants echoed. T-N-A.
guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, guys, so we are almost at the conclusion of this episode of the main event talk podcast. Now, I was going to go ahead and just close the show off with that. But there's a lot of stuff that I have to work on uh, as of the next episode of the Main Event Tongue Podcast. So just to give you guys an idea and a preview of what's going to happen on the next episode of the Main Event Tongue Podcast. I believe I mentioned this at the very beginning of the show. So WWE Crown Jewel is going to be happening on Saturday, November 4th. Now I will be watching the event and it's going to take place during the day. It's going to probably happen... Um, I believe I heard 1 p.m. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. So I think that's the time. But like here in Corpus, we'll probably be one if it's at 1 p.m. <clears throat> that means it will probably start at 12 p.m. Uh, 12 p.m. at noon, and the countdown show will probably start at 11. So we're going to be having an early head start on everything that happens there so uh just to kind of give you an idea because um you know we'll go ahead because uh there's a couple things we're going to mention here obviously we're going to talk about <sighs> i got to give you the results of sam hayne as of what happened but i want to go ahead and give you the matches that are going to happen at crown jewel coming up in uh coming up this coming saturday and so far, from the looks of all these matches, we have a total of, hmm, eight matches from what I understand. Hmm. So let's look into, <clears throat> <coughs> let's look into some of the matches that are going to happen at the event. There are eight matches? I thought there were seven. Was there a match added that I wasn't, okay, well, anyways, let's look at all the matches right here. In the countdown show... It's going to have uh, Sami Zayn going one-on-one against J.D. McDonough. That's going to happen on the kickoff show. EO Sky going one-on-one against uh, Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Championship. John Cena going one-on-one against Solskoa. Cody Rhodes to go one-on-one against Damian Priest. Rey Mysterio going one-on-one against Logan Paul for the United States Championship. Rhea Ripley... Taking on Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez in a fatal five-way match for the Women's World Championship. Seth freaking Rollins going one-on-one against Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. And in the main event, well, I think this is the main event because right now I'm just looking at the card. But I have a feeling that when you have Roman Reigns in um in a crown jewel pay-per-view you know he's got to be the main event no matter what that's how it rolls so let's look into it roman reigns to defend his championship <clears throat> against number one contender l a knight yeah <laughs> so those are the matches that are going to take place at crown jewel you will hear my predictions and you will hear my thoughts 
of what of uh, who I think will win, who I think will lose on the next episode of the Mavit Talk Podcast. That's going to happen in the next couple of days, guys. So be ready for that episode. And of course, I'll give you the results of Halloween Havoc that took place this past Tuesday night. As a matter of fact, I just get kind of give you a spoiler alert. We do have a new. We do have a. Uh, well, well, okay. A second thought. We'll leave it alone. I'll give you the result of Halloween Havoc on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Now, <clears throat> let's go ahead and conclude this episode with the results of Sam Hain that took place that took place on Saturday. Now, I had some technical difficulties because I did see the pay per view, but not a whole lot. I did see some of the countdown show. Uh, there were a lot of things I saw there that were very, very, very Halloweenish, and very, very strange. Uh, for example, um, I'm not sure exactly what I saw as far as you know what James Mitchell was doing, but I did see several bottles. Several people drinking those bottles. And I could have swore I saw James Mitchell doing cocaine like it was like he was Scarface or something. You know, it was this was all this was all on pay-per-view, by the way. Just to let everybody know. Even though I gave you the the matches at the very beginning of the show, here are the results of what took place. Four matches that took place during the countdown show. This one was in NWA X Pro Heavy Cha- <clears throat> Heavyweight Championship Tournament Qualifying Match. Brandon Day with Towboy Tommy. <laughs> That's interesting. Defeated uh, Man Bun Jesus with Grizzly Groovies. Okay, uh, okay. Brandon Day wins, that's all you have to know. Okay, six-man tag team matchup. Jordan Clearwater and the Country Gentlemen defeated the outrunners of Truth, Magnum, and Turbo Floyd with Zion uh, with Zion and Austin Idol in his corner. I think that's who it is. <laughs> that's... Okay, anyway, Samantha Starr defeated Missa Kay, Chelsea, and Tiffany uh, <clears throat> Nevis in a number one contenders match for the NWA Women's World Championship, World Women's Championship, however that shit rolls. Immortal are the new, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Odison and J.R. Kratos are the new NWA United States Tag Team Champions, they defeated Daisy Kill and Talos. Now we go to the actual pay-per-view itself. Now this there this is a total um <clears throat> this was a total of a total of fifteen matches altogether, including the countdown show. So my guess is probably four of the matches are on the countdown show, while nine of the matches Maybe 10 of the matches took place during the pay-per-view. So, here are the results. And the results are... Let's see what we got here. It's a Devil's Last 
Dance Ultimate Hardcore War. Uh, now, I didn't see any of these matches, but I'm giving you the results as they took place. Now, uh, let's see. Um, Magic Incorporated. Uh, Alex Misery. Judas and Maxime Haler defeated Sal the Pal Gals Gimp. Goa Lexa, Lexa Mama, Mana, and Magnum Muscle. Since um, team, since their team lost, Sal and Gags again will forever be in intuited by Mitchell. Okay, I I see this match, so that's the end result of it. Okay, um, Rush Friedman defeated Brad. Pierce with Rolando Freeman as a special guest referee. Does that not surprise anybody? A Friedman who has a referee named Friedman who beat a Pierce and he leaves the NWA. What a surprise. Pillar to pillar match for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Colby Carino retained his championship against um, Joe Alonzo. Now, I didn't see any of these matches, but I did get the chance to see the next matchup that happened, which did feature some former WWE superstars. The Southern Six of Kerry Morton and Alex Taylor with Ricky... Well, I don't think Ricky Morton was there, but um, defeated the Headbangers of Mosh and Thrasher. Now, I did see this match. And this was a rock and roll tag team match. If your partner kicks out, you take a shot. Ah, okay. That explains it. That explains the whole thing. Okay, so. Check this out. So, I was watching this matchup, right? And I and I was uh, kind of listening to my brother's music at the same time, right? And I was wondering, okay, why did they kick out? And why are they taking shots every time they kick out? What's the deal? Is this what the stipulation is supposed to be? And sure enough, that that explains it all, you know? And, you know, because every time somebody kicked out, they took a shot. You know, if there was it headbaggers, they took a shot. Every day that day, they took a shot. It's like, oh my God, that's the worst drinking game I've ever seen. I gotta try that sometime. <laughs> With shots of Jaeger and shots of fucking Fireball. That's just me, though. Okay? That's just me, though. But anyways. Uh, the Southern Six defeated the Headbangers. Uh, submission match. I saw part of this one. I believe Jax Dane. Yep, that's right. Jax Dane defeated... Uh, <clears throat> defeated the... Blueprint. Or the uh, Bulletproof Troop. Blake Troop. Via submission. Uh, pretty empowered. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, pretty empowered defeated Taylor Rising and Natalia Morkovich. I didn't see this match uh, because I was watching the MJF versus Kenny Omega match when it happened, and and I was watching that full match there. And I had to just to let everybody know Kenny Omega lost MJF the whole nine yards, and we'll mention we'll mention and we'll, we'll mention the. Um, uh, full gear in a moment right after this one. Let's see here. What do we got next here? Um, uh, Thrill Billy Cyrus 
with Ricky Morton. I don't think I, I don't think I saw Ricky Morton defeated um, Chris Adonis. Oh God, no offense. Uh, it's a burning lake and uh, a burning lake brawl for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. That dude, Chris, I, I don't care what anyone says. Chris Adonis needs to be the champion. He really does. That's just my opinion. All right, just my thought. Throw Billy Cyrus may be a different person, but he needs to lose the championship now. Okay? It's over. And I think when I got back on the pay-per-view, I had a chance to see this matchup. This kind of disappointed me. The Brothers of Funstruction defeated La Rebellion, and I believe Violet J was the one that beat Vampiro, which I... I in a riddle box match, which... Riddle box six man tag team match. I <sighs> sorry. I really didn't know what to say about this. This was just <laughs> Okay, so Kinsey Page defeated Ruthie for the NWA World Women's Championship. I was about to see the last two matches, but um I think it cut me off right. Right around this time. So, Blood Force Trauma defeated Mike Knox and Murdoch to retain their tag team titles in a Knights in the round, of the Roundtable match. Now, I didn't see the matchup, but I'm not going to be surprised if Aaron Stevens was involved. I'm not going to be surprised at all. <clears throat> and, of course, the NWA Championship um, EC3 uh, defeated Tom Latimer. No limits match. Um, glad he retained the championship. Now, there was one part to this. One part to this that happened that I was kind of curious about, okay, what happened to Matt Cardona? Wasn't he supposed to be scheduled for a match? And it never happened. And I think all of a sudden he comes out and he wants to add him. I think, uh, I think this happened right before... The EC3 versus Tom Latimer match. Where he wanted to add himself as a triple threat for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, which Billy Corgan denied it. And then all of a sudden, um, I think Billy Billy Corgan got it. Not Billy Corgan. Uh, Matt Cordona got attacked by somebody. I don't know who. I think it was a girl. I don't know who exactly, but it was a girl. But I may have to look into this a little bit. So now... I think there was a face-to-face encounter between Matt Cardona and EC3. And I would like to see that match. I would like to see this match between EC3 and Matt Cardona for two reasons. Number one, for Matt Cardona to not only prove that he's a better NWA World Heavyweight Champion than EC3, he wants to retain the championship he never lost. Let's call it like we see it. He never lost that title. And number two, for EC3 to prove... He's a better champion. He's a better star. He looks he looks better than Matt Cardona. And he should retain the championship. And he should hold on to it. Don't know when that match is going to happen. But I'm curious about how all that is going to go down. Now, if you guys want to check out the encore presentation of NWA Sam Hain. It was, it was very good. It wasn't like the best NWA pay-per-view they've ever made. But it was a good pay-per-view to check out. But check it out on Fight TV. 
You can check out the on-demand presentation of it. You can see the pay-per-view as it is and everything. All right. So, I said that I would mention Full Gear, and I would mention it right here, right now. Okay, so AEW has three matches, uh, four matches as far as what's going to happen at the Full Gear event. Now, Full Gear is going to happen on November 18th, okay? November 18th on a Saturday, which will be good, and I'll be able to check it out how it is. Okay, so with that being said, here are the matches that are going to happen, and someone's going to be pulling double duty in this matchup here. MJF will be defending his championship, his uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, with a mystery partner, whoever it is, to take on the guns of Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. I mentioned MJF earlier. MJF will be defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship, the Triple B, against Switchblade Jay White. Also, a singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship, Akadu Shira versus Timeless Tony Storm, and a six-man tag team matchup, Darby Allin, Sting, and a mystery partner to take on Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. And no doubt that mystery partner will probably be Edge. We don't know if it is for sure, but we have some time until we get to November 18th on Saturday, live on pay-per-view. It's going to happen on Saturday. Get a chance to check it out while you can. And uh, I know some people uh, have been asking me about what my thoughts are as far as how AEW has been in the last few weeks with the poor ticket sales, uh, the fact that people are not really watching AEW as much as they should, and the fact that, um, you know, you, you know they had a lot of great momentum in 2019, and all of a sudden everything just dropped. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this before, uh, before we wrap things up on the NWA, on the um, Main Event Talk podcast. The problem, the problem, there's, there's so many problems to look at with AEW. Not just Tony Khan, but the fact that there are certain superstars that I feel that should be displayed a whole lot more, and certain stars that should stay away from the television set. Look, I'll start with Orange Cassidy, for example. Is it just me, or is Orange Cassidy trying? And I, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. He's trying to be a heel. You could almost tell that he was trying to be a heel. And 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 I didn't see the match. I think it was what the, the that six man that tag match that happened with with him and Okada against uh Claudio Cascinoli and um Wheeler Yuta. I, I just said to myself, why is Brian Danielson Oh well I'm sorry. It's Danielson and Claudio, I'm sorry. Why in the world is Orange Cassidy in this match? You know? Why is he involved? You know, I mean, and, and why is he doing these heelish things? What What is he trying to prove? What What is Orange Cassidy trying to prove? Listen, whether anybody likes it or not, I'm not a big fan of Orange Cassidy. I don't care how good of a wrestler he thinks he is. I don't care what sort of stuff he tries. There are fans, and it's starting to become obvious right now, even though the fans are still behind him, I think they're starting to get the hint that he is not what he used to be, right? And it's it's becoming, becoming that point, you know? That's what it is. 
And now look at the things that are happening in the women's division. Everyone's been talking about how the women's division is bad. Of course it's bad. It's bad because of the fact that, number one, your main individual, which was Jamie Hayter, had to be stripped of the championship because of injury, right? And then you had this whole thing with the outcast, which made no fucking sense at all. Zero. And then uh, Soraya becoming AEW Women's World Champion. I said this from the very beginning. I said that from a business standpoint, if you, e- if you take either Akaru Shira or Tony Storm and make them champion at All In instead of Soraya, your business will be fine and the women's division will look up in several ways. If you give Soraya the title... It's only going to be because she's a hometown hero, but her title reign will be absolutely nothing. And that proved my fucking point. Now, Akaru Shira, I like her better as champion. Now, if she loses it to Tony Storm at full gear, that will make a whole lot of sense. We need Tony Storm as champion right now. I love the act she's pulling. I think she's great at what she does. And look, listen, there are a lot of contenders out there, but also... You know, I, I really, if you want to fix your women's division, look, wait till, wait till Jamie Hayter comes back. And where's Britt Baker? Where the fuck, where the fuck is she? You know, there hasn't been much of her lately. Look, listen, Soraya, I think, just needs to stay away from the spotlight. I think Ruby Soho needs to come out a little bit more. I think Julia Hart needs to be in this picture also. I think Chris Statlander needs to stay in the picture a little while longer. There really needs to be a woman woman to step into their division and help them. And the only person I could think of that that may appear at full gear, I hate to say this, and unless there's something I'm not aware of, I think Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, needs to be there to fix that women's division. But even if she shows up, how can they fix the women's division? Is the big question. And then when it comes to the world heavyweight champion, MJF. Look, listen, I love MJF. I've, I've been a fan of MJF for a, for a while. Now they're setting up this point where he's a heel, right? Or he's a babyface, I'm sorry. And he's getting all these contenders. He's getting Joe. He's getting Omega, who we defeated about a couple of days ago. Uh, he's got uh, Jay White. He's got Juice Robinson. He's got this situation that's happening with Samoa Joe. He's got this deal that's happening with Adam Cole and everyone else. And whoever's wearing the devil mask. He's got a lot on his plate. Everything that's going to be solved. Hopefully it'll be solved very, very soon. And hopefully, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Jay White versus MJF and seeing how all this is going to conclude at the very, very end. So, what does AEW need to do to fix his roster? Simple. Get rid of Tony. Get rid of Tony. Get a better booker. And also, if you can get rid of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, that'll work out even better. Because all elite wrestling right now ain't doing shit. The WWE has got so much momentum going for themselves right now, it's unbelievable. Crown Jewel is looking good. Survivor Series is sold out. The Royal Rumble is sold out. WrestleMania, no doubt, will probably be sold out. They got uh, WWE, uh, the Bash in Berlin. That's going to happen in 2024. They're going to have Backlash at, um, where is it? At um, Australia, is it? 
or is it France? Oh, well, they, ha- they haven't announced that yet. I don't know if that's going to happen yet. They got an uh, elimination chamber that's going to happen in Australia. You know, there is a lot of shit that's going to happen in the next few days. or few, You know, the next few days, few months, whatever. The WWE is going on a smooth riding set. And without Vince McMahon being there, that's even fucking better. They're doing much, much better. So look, if the WWE gets rid of Vince McMahon, as far as creative goes and everything else like that, I think Tony Khan needs to be gone. I think Tony needs to be gone. Or at least have somebody run the show better than Tony. That's the bottom line. Look, I still like watching AEW. I still think the product can be better. But here's the thing. You know how you fix the division? For the men's division, keep MJF where he's at. Right? As champion. The TNT Championship, I think Christian needs to lose the title in 2024. He needs to lose it to a better contender. You know? That's that's my opinion. The tag team titles. Who, who, who has it? Ricky Starks and... Um, and uh, what's his what's his face? Um, Big Bill. Okay, they're great champions, right? But I really want a, a different team. <laughs> if I get FTR to win it, that works out fine. But I think we need a different team. And I, the quote unquote, the term is team. We need a better team. I think we need to see those tag team titles being put in a Bullet Club. I'm sorry. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's just a lot of stuff to process and everything else like that. But, you know, we could find a way to process how to fix AEW. All of us can. I mean, we can all fix AEW better than they can. But one thing's for certain, guys. I mean, you know, no matter what, whether we hate the product or love the product, we're still going to watch it. We're still going to watch how AEW is and everything else like that. So we'll see what happens at Full Gear on Saturday, November 18th, and then we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks since we're now here on November 1st. Okay, guys, so now I'm officially done with this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, and I'm sorry that this episode had to be released on November 1st, but I had a lot of stuff I had to do and everything else like that, and believe it or not, I still got some more work to do, because in the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, we got to talk about Halloween Havoc, uh, Night 2, and then we got to talk about Crown Jewel, which will be coming up this coming Saturday. we got to talk about that on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, so be ready for that. Okay, guys, so let me go ahead and finish this off. As always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com. I'm sorry. Follow the main event on X at x.com. Slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash at main event two. And if you want a friend request me, proceed at your own fucking risk. And before I leave, uh, I also want to give a big shout out. I think I talked a little bit about my my good friend John Luna, who was on tour with El Nino, and I believe he's supposed to be back already. I hope John Luna has himself. Uh, a great time with El Nino, and I hope he comes back real, real soon. And who knows, maybe I'll get John Luna on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. So not only can we talk wrestling, we could talk music. We could talk about his experience with El Nino. We could talk about that. And also, a big anniversary, big happy anniversary to two favorite people of mine, Mr. and Mrs. Hector Chrissy Juarez, 
or Homestar or John Moxley and Renee Kapek and however that rolls. But big happy anniversary to both Chrissy and Hector. Hope you guys had yourself a great anniversary. Their anniversary is on Halloween, by the way. So hopefully they had themselves a great, great anniversary and everything else like that. And big happy birthday to everybody. Uh, big happy anniversary to them. And also happy Halloween. And even though we're in November right now, Halloween was just yesterday. That was it. It was over. It was done. Now we're in November. But let's end this episode with a Halloween song at the end. Okay? But before I do, I just mention all the stuff. And let me mention my last and final quote. Why? Th- uh, thank you for listening. And I will see you. I was going to say next week. But I'll see you just in a couple of days, guys. Why? Because I can... And I want to, any questions, enough said. See you in the next couple of days, and have a happy Halloween. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom at the vampire's feast, the ghouls all came from their humble. Get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. Digging the sounds, Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash It's now the monster mash The monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's now the mash It's caught on and fly It's now the mash It's now the monster mash Now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band And my monster mash Hit of the land For you the living This mash was meant to When you get to my door Tell them what he said Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash 
Then you can monster mash. 